No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome to uh, what I'm sure is going to be a Rockets edition of Banal of America, because it's uh, it's a Banal of America secretly. Uh, we're cloaking a good parade reunion tonight. Um, as I joked with Zaney the other night, that I was afraid I was afraid no one would listen if we. If we all right build it as a good parade, but we're going to be talking paranormal. So for all the folks, uh, we'll, we'll get into paranormal shit along the way. Uh, so for the people who uh, you know are afraid we're going to spend the whole two hours talking about garbage pail kids, the movie, uh, we already did that. So, so what's the point? Um, my guest tonight, as I just said, I name dropped him, but for some weird reason, I'm feeling nostalgic. I hope it's not like a sign that I'm going to croak or anything like that. But um, uh, way back in, in 2007, I first interviewed this guy, Jeremy Vaney, and uh, I don't think it happened right away. I don't think we became like friends right after that. I forget what it was. Something happened in the world of wrestling, and I, re- I reached out to Vaney because we're both big wrestling fans. Um, and, and not unlike uh, President Trump and Kim Jong-un, you know, we fell in love, and we became good friends. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I have a lot of I have a lot of good friends in this field, but uh there's a handful of folks who I would consider sort of like brothers to me in this crazy community and Jeremy Vaney is definitely one of those people. Um, you know, he is uh he he he's a man. He really is. He's a deep, he's a really good friend of mine. I was going to say you were a deep friend, but I don't know what that means. So so he's a deep friend. Um but like I said, I, I, I really do feel that way about him. Uh, you know, he's been he's been to my house, I've been to his house. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time together. We spent a lot we've spent we spent a day with Phil and Brogno together. And if if you can't if you're not if you're not friends after that, I don't know what to say. So so as I said, I'm feeling nostalgic probably because it's a good parade reunion uh in disguise and I'm looking forward to this and uh we haven't done a proper podcast in a while. I I wanna say at least over a year. So uh, with all that said, with all that mushy stuff out of the way, uh, you know, he is my brother from another mother, Jeremy Vaney. Welcome back to Banal of America. Uh, listen in the distance, because it's a good parade. <laughs> Tim, I wasn't expecting that. So good. So good to be back. Oh, man. I mean I it, dude. I, I mean it. that, but thank you. 
<laughs> I mean it. I really do. I really do. I'll say this. This is true. Uh, I don't want to get too, like, like I said, I don't want to get too uh, wax nostalgic or whatever. But, you know, J- yeah, JV is always, he's always reached out, you know, and look, he just looks out for me. You know, he's looked out for me, and I appreciate that. Some people, they're friends. They're friends of yours. But then, you know, you don't well, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you remember know. when you came to me with that idea to do QAnon, and I was like, Tim, that's going to get out of control really quick. Um, <laughs> and you went ahead and did it anyway. Oh, my but God. I tried. QAnon. I'm interested in your <laughs> thoughts on you that, but that? first, <laughs> I, I wish. I fucking wish I'd start <laughs> QAnon. Shit. <laughs> Man. Um, now, Jim Vujovic in the chat room, and I should mention here now, uh, I hyped this up at the end of last week's show, but then I got lazy and I didn't really do anything about it, and then I tried to salvage it like at 5 o'clock this evening. So if I had sort of a vision of a block party atmosphere, so if people want to call in, I, I normally eschew callers and dissuade them from calling in, but tonight, uh, you know, we're down for callers. So anyone wants to call in, it's uh, 646 Three seven eight eighteen sixty eight. Call in questions, comments. You want to join the chat? Um, now, what I guess in a way would necessitate. What I don't know necessitate, but what inspired tonight's show uh, was that out of the blue, JV here, Vaney, uh, uh wrote on my Facebook wall that he had a dream about me, and and so and he said it it, it necessitated a good parade. So as luck would have it. Uh, I hadn't really got around to planning anything for this uh, July 3rd show. And so I said, let's do it. This is, it's kismet, man. It's kismet. It's clearly something <laughs> in the ether here. So what is, what, 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 what the hell happened? You had a dream about me? All right. Let me set this up for you. Uh, mm-hmm. So I sleep currently in a, with my lovely wife and our cat, Gracie. Gracie sleeps okay. between us, keeping us from ever having sex which is a wonderful thing. Thanks, Gracie. Now, on this fine night, and maybe this has something to do with why I had a dream about you. I don't know. But uh, I I guess I I was lying on my left side, uh, Gracie at my back, and then Carol, like a bunch of dominoes. And I had this dream, Tim. I had a dream that uh, you had invited me and a group of mutual friends who were, I guess, imaginary. I think Travis was there, though, but then everyone else was, like, imaginary. Who's uh, Travis? Well, a friend of mine. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well I don't know him. <laughs> Travis Flager, like... do you know Travis? <laughs> I only know Travis Walton, and I don't even know him. I've, I know of him. So <laughs> I've met him, like, once. He's a good dude. So he's like that, but with less aliens. Uh, okay. So... We're all so you invited us to your place, except that you lived uh, inside of a lava tube in a cave in a volcano. Whoa. So, yeah. So you, your place was like you had to like walk down uh, into it, and it was you know like this this it was a cave. So it was a cave cavernous. Um, and it turns out that you lived with a man that you were not gay. You explained to us that you're not gay, but that you decided to try it anyway. And you've been in this long-term relationship with this guy. You've had this boyfriend for a long time that nobody knew about. <laughs> yeah. And you're leaving this case. Yeah. And in the dream, you're, you're, for some reason, you're both Jewish, and his name is Israel. <laughs> oh, Israel? That means, yeah. 
That's a little too on the nose, isn't it? It's like you're both Jewish and yeah. Jewish. That's why I that's why that's why I had to ask you because I was like, did I mishear that? Did you say Israel or something? I thought maybe it was like a takeoff of Israel, but no, it's just just Israel. Okay. So, <laughs> so Israel. Oh, we did more. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Israel. So Israel was was not in our group. He was like down in the apartment or whatever, waiting in the house. And we were up in the scaffolding area, and you were talking to us. And I was trying not to block him out because I wanted him to feel included, but he knew he wasn't included, so he was staying away from us. But anyway, once our little gathering broke up, you know, we started walking up. We're going to go down into your apartment. And I'm just, like, looking around, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if this roof leaks. Because, you know, you are in a cave in a volcano, and it's just earth up there. And lo and behold, it starts leaking, and it just starts dripping on my back. Water. I'm swatting at it. Yeah, water is dripping on my yep. back. I'm like, huh? Because I, I thought I, I think I'd asked you, and you said no, it doesn't leak. But here it is leaking on me. So lo and behold, in real life, I, I'm actually swatting at my back, and it turns out that our cat Gracie is blowing snot on my back to try to make sure that I don't roll over onto her, <laughs> like warning me that I'm gonna roll over onto her. Oh my god! So I wake up with this cat. Like just bl- not even sneezing, just blowing as much snot onto me as possible to wake me up, and that's how I woke up wow. in history. Jesus, that's fantastic! It was horrifying. What a dream! <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was a gay Jewish man who lived in a volcano tube. Yeah, right. Was it like? Was it my the my first thought is like I immediately go to like uh, it. Was it like an actual, like like a house, or was it just like a craggy rock, fucking like a cave, like how you expect a caveman to live, or was it like actually no, it like, like like had home decor and shit? Yeah, no, it had. So we were at the the top. It, we were at, like you entered it through this landing. So there's a landing and then there's stairs. So as I'm looking down, it's like it looks like it's warehouse size, but you've got flooring and you've got like a kitchen. You've got you know all the it's one room, yeah. but it looks like, you know, it's separated into other rooms. It's just that the ceiling is no ceiling. It's just like stalactites and stuff. It's like caves. Oh, weird. It's totally dark in there. Yeah. Very interesting. Jesus. That's, wow. You have good so dream recall. Someday, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. But this was so specific that I, I guess I woke up remembering, and I – I can't believe I remember it days later, so that's good. Yeah, isn't that weird about dreams? Like you dream and then you wake up. I guess that's what they say. You're supposed to write it down or something because, like, you wake up. Uh, you know, you wake up and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? That was a wild dream. And you you kind of remember it all in your head. But, like, fucking like an hour later, it just goes. It's just gone. It's so yeah. weird. Like, I, I have vivid like, dreams all the night, time, and, like, I remember them when I wake up, but I couldn't possibly recount a single one right now. Last night I had a – I don't even know what the dream was. I just know that I had it because I remember – I remember sort of half waking up and thinking, oh, I've got to tell Carol about this when I get up because she's always asking me what if, you know, if I remember my dream, and usually I don't. Uh, but this one I remembered, like, it was a recurring dream that I – according – to me, half awake. It's a dream that I have pretty much every night as a recurring theme. So it's like I got to tell her this, and I have no clue what it was. Like, how is that possible? How do you remember 
remembering a dream, but not remember the dream. That's weird. That is very weird. Have you been – a lot of people, like, say that they've been having, like, weird dreams because of this thing, because of the pandemic. Have you – is that ap- applicable to you at all? I mean, I haven't noticed anything different for me. No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Now, what uh, – People, they're going to complain, but I don't care because uh, I think most of them, once they heard Good Parade, they probably should. <laughs> they probably were like, oh, okay, what's on this guess. other? They were like, no. What's on this other podcast? But um, what, what, uh, how is it out in Hawaii now? Because it's hard to, you know, you're like almost like in a foreign country. You know, you're certainly like uh, off, you know, away from the mess that is that is uh, I don't know what you'd call it uh, what, what do you call it the st- stateside or something so uh, what's <laughs> the it mainland. What, it's sort of an oh, what's that the mainland yeah uh, you're yeah. kind of in a world unto your own I heard I heard they were like crazy well not crazy but I heard they were like uh, super strict out there where like people if you, like if I were to fly out there now to see you I'd have to stay in the hotel for two weeks and then I could leave I assume that's still going on but. I mean, what's the situation out in Hawaii? Because that's a unique perspective, I think, that people uh, may not, you know, be able to get much place else. Well, that kind of is it. It's like, yeah, you're 14 days quarantined, and the thing is, if you try to leave your hotel or wherever you are and go out into the world, uh, people will rat you out because we don't want it here, you know? Uh, But, you know, Hawaii is a chain of islands, so the, the most populous islands are having the worst of it. And we're uh, we're not. We have currently three cases, so wow. that we know about. So, yeah. Whereas, like Oahu has, you know, twenty something cases or whatever it is. Um, but all in all, I mean, considering, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, considering we're islands, I mean, it, it's amazing to me that we haven't been swamped with this. Um, but uh, so I think they are now just opening up, like the airlines again to all the states, but I think they're, they're still sort of keeping the quarantine thing going. I don't know. It's, it's convoluted. It sounds like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like they're, they're, yeah, they're trying to appear as though they're opening up without really opening up, which is good. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird here. It's like, I, if I wanted to, I could like go to Rhode Island, but I have to, I, I can't go to Maine. It's like, all right, dude, you know, this is too, this is, uh, you know, this is ridiculous. So, but yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I, 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 I don't article. understand. I mean, there are people who come here who have coronavirus, and it's like we just want to come here to get away from it. And it's like you're bringing it to us. You have it. Yeah, you have it. What is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> get away from it. It's in you. Jeez, it's <laughs> <sighs> crazy. Um, now a lot of people, you know, uh, I was saying, you know, we first talked way back in 2007. Um, yeah, and you've had you, you've had quite the career in this field. I was talking to you the other night about it, in a sense, where it's like I remember. It feels like the community was way was just more tight knit. It was like smaller. I don't know if it was just because social media hadn't taken off or or what, but it was like everybody kind of knew everybody. At least uh, those of us who were kind of like flitted about in the UFO world. I mean, we weren't really like yeah. all buddies with like the ghost people and shit, but. Uh, you know, it was kind of like the even the UFO community was kind of like small and tight knit. Now it's like, because yeah, I remember, like you would, it was, uh, you could, 
you, you could kind of like name all the people that had podcasts. It wasn't, it wasn't like everybody has a fucking podcast. It was like, there's this guy, that guy, Benal, and Scheme Gene. So it's, you know, there's only so many people <laughs> had podcasts. But nowadays, it's like everybody has. It's just a strange, I guess, what's your take on how things have changed so much, you know, in the 15, 20 years we've been in this? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's all true. And also think about the fact that you had um, actual physical UFO magazines. You had a couple of them, UFO magazine being one that I wrote for, but there were others. And they lended some sort of legitimacy, right? Because you have a small pool of writers, they're an actual magazine. So when you have a small pool of things that takes some sort of talent or effort or whatever it is to get into, then there's at least the illusion of quality control, right? And now yeah. there's no illusion of quality control. It's just people with like blogs and websites and podcasts in there. That's, that's pretty much everyone. Everyone who like watches TV now is also the TV. But yeah. that said, I don't really listen to anything, so I can't actually tell you if the quality of these podcasts has gone up or down or stayed the same. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't listen to any other podcast either because I just don't have the time. You know, who has the time for that? But I understand well, people I who are really into it, too. Well, yeah. that's I mean, part I'm of really, it. Like, I mean, I don't want to, you know. Well, maybe not for you, but I mean, I'm just saying for me, like, so I just finished what will hopefully be my last book about UFO stuff to be released in a couple of months. And that's it. Like, I think I'm going to do another short run of the experience um, to help promote that. If Streber will let me on unknowncountry.com. But after that, I mean, I got nothing left to give and I have no want for any of it. And I see no, no real effort to quote unquote, think outside the box or any of that stuff. It's like, it, it just doesn't interest me. I don't know. It, just feel, it feels unimportant. It used to feel like the most important thing ever, all these questions, and now it feels like stale to me. What what feels stale, you mean? Um, the subjects themselves, like like just the, the, the state of the importance of like what this phenomenon is, you know, this UFO phenomenon, is it aliens, is it whatever, whatever. Um, I mean, yeah. just all of it feels like, like, who am I going to talk to outside of the handful of people that I already talked to about this stuff who are going to even understand anything that comes out of my mouth? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people are still right. so stuck on aliens or they've replaced it with like multidimensional. And then a few people talk about trickster and it's like, all right, so these are the conversations we can have. Um, anyone ready for a new one? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to ask, well, I guess I will ask you then. So what do you, do you have a thought on what the, if it's not aliens or tricksters or interdimensional, what do you think the other, for lack of a better term, is? Well, here's where I'm a jerk. It's in the book. So I don't want to, I don't want to say what my little theory oh, is because I haven't heard it before. So oh, I'm just going to And you haven't written the book yet, right? No, I have written the book, and I'm going to release it in a couple of months, oh. but I just okay, – okay. it's like the kind of thing where, like, I haven't heard it before, and if, and if I say it now, I'll see it on several blogs as if this were common knowledge. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like, I guess this is the big problem as, as you're talking about uh, the sort of democratization of all of this is, like, part of the problem is people steal stuff, and they don't cite you, and they pretend as though they've been thinking this way all along. And if it's true, then where's any evidence of that? 
Yeah. I normally, as you're a veteran podcaster, so you know, like normally I would lambaste the guest. I actually did. I tortured some poor, lovely, lovely guest three weeks ago who who didn't want to who didn't want to give us the money shot from his movie that came out like three years ago. And I'm like, dude, just tell us what happened. Tell us who the guy is. <laughs> till finally he broke. Till finally he broke. And I then I felt terrible uh, for, for not just for the rest of the night, for like the weekend. I'm like. I really, really was too mean to Doctor Future. <laughs> that was, I was over the line. But, uh, but since the book hasn't been released yet, I won't give you any shit because that makes your reasoning for not saying anything makes perfect sense. Um, Thank you. Now, Jim Vujovic, and he's right about this because uh, uh, I first talked to you back in 2007. The I'm sure I'm positive actually because I. I actually looked at the at the write up from our interview in 2007 to see if we talked about wrestling back then. We didn't apparently, um, unless it was like in passing. But uh, I'm sure we we went in depth on your on your uh, on your uh, I don't know what, what the hell did he, your experience, you know your uh, your encounter, your original encounter. So can you, is there a thumbnail, a Reader's Digest version of that to catch people up to speed? Um, you know, because I'm interested in exploring sort of experience or culture, you know, uh, today. And so, you know, you were you were in a, you were like one of the first people to sort of embrace that moniker of experiencer. So now it's like the thing. Um, so I guess talk a little bit of what, what was what, what was your your encounter experience. Um, well, I guess the encounter experience. I mean it had been a lifelong bunch of things that you can piece together as a pattern or once you put them down on paper and you give them to your roommates, you can have them go, yeah, this is just dreams and stuff. Uh, but some of them weren't dreams and stuff. Some of them were like the big UFO setting I had in eighth grade. That was, you know, an oval shaped craft with porthole windows running down the center. It was like a fluorescent green color and the top half was spinning one way and the bottom half was spinning the other way. And it looked like a giant so you were, you were with your sky. sister or something, right? I was with my sister and my mother going to our grandparents. Yep. Uh, yep. So I remember that. Somewhere along the New Hampshire, Vermont border. And seeing this and then getting to the grandparents' place and telling them about it, thinking they'd laugh us out of the house. And it was the opposite. It turned out they had uh, my uncle who lived with them had um, – Time Life Mysteries of the Unexplained sitting on the coffee table, and he had had his own UFO sighting, so he'd been sort of exploring this stuff himself. So it was this weird synchronicity that to my little eighth grade mind sort of popped me out of my head in a way, of like feeling yeah. as though that had all been puppeteered. And so that was sort of my anchor point of like, okay, I know that happened, I know that that was unexplainable, and it wasn't just some light in the sky, it was a something out of a movie. So yes. if all else fails and I become delusional, at least I know I definitely saw that and have witnesses and blah, blah. Um, so there were a bunch of other sort of UFO sightings, but the real concrete, you know, alien event, which actually is in this book, uh, because it happened right after I wrote the last book. So I made a joke about, like, I smell a sequel, is um, having these you know, the grays, I, I hate saying that, but, you know, the little gray people showing up in my room uh, the night after I lost my virginity, um, which wow. no coincidence there if you're into trickster theory. So uh, 
uh, yeah. And so it was literally like the, the gal I was with was lying next to me and, um, you know, we were asleep. It was night and, uh, a light woke me up coming in from outside the bedroom. And so I peeled back the curtain. I like sort of just climbed over her and peeled back the curtain and it was just a bright diffuse white light. And I thought, well, it's not bugging her. She's asleep. So I'm going to go back to sleep. And I rolled over and there are these three gray beings in brown tunics uh, standing over me. And I am terrified on my mind and I actually scream, but no sound comes out and they're not doing anything scary. They're just looking sort of like I just get a sense of a naivete or an innocence or like a come with us, you know, let's go play kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the next thing I know, and there's literally just the next thing I know, no transition. I am standing in uh, a room in my underwear as I went to bed. I'm seeing everything through my eyes. It's not a dream, but I'm sedate. So I'm not, I'm no longer terrified out of my mind. Something happened where I'm now sort of sedate. And I'm looking at this row of tables in front of me, and there are naked people on them, humans. And the one closest to me is this older blonde woman, and these beings are standing around her, I presume the same beings, and like gesturing with their hands, like, come right this way, kind of thing. Like, look, this is what we do for a living. Uh, That's the sense I got. And I thought to myself, why am I seeing this? And, you know, like, why am I here? And this female voice answers in my head, because you've always wanted to remember an abduction. And then we had this really long chat. Yeah, we had a long telepathic chat, uh, which I remembered in the morning. Like, I don't know how this all ended, but I remembered the chat, and I thought, there's no way that this happened. Like, I lived in Queens, New York at the time. Right. Uh, It's too coincidental with the virginity thing and, you know, all of this. Uh, It just felt like there's no way that this happened. I got one one just sort of uh, question that, you know, this isn't like – so when you said it was after you lost your virginity, then you said she was sleeping. So you're talking about literally the night you lost your virginity is what you're saying. Not like it, it wasn't no, like I, a couple of days later. It was like that night. No, it was the next night. So okay, okay, one of right. my hangups with sex growing up was thinking that I was an alien abductee because I had these other experiences. And so I thought I can't really bring someone into my life and do this to them because, you know, you read about how, you pass it on to people or, you know, this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, All the yeah. fears of, like, reading about this stuff. So I'd always had this hang-up, and then finally it happened, and nothing. These beings didn't show up, and I breathed a sigh of relief, and then, like, a cosmic joke, the next night, there they are in the most vivid way. Yeah. So I, I decided to actually let this go. I didn't jot down the conversation. I don't remember it now. But I think it was a year later uh, I had this subletting roommate uh, – and we were, I just met him in the morning. I don't remember. He must have come in late at night. But we started talking in the kitchen. This is a year later. We started talking in the kitchen, and as we're talking, all of a sudden my left nostril starts to bleed. And it triggers a flashback to that night, not the night a year before, but the night that the subletting roommate was there. So yeah. what happened that night was uh, – the other convoluted thing about me <laughs> is this meditation energy. This Kundalini is alive in me. So there's an energy called Kundalini. It is ever presently alive in me. It moves me around as if it has its own will, but it does things like yoga and Tai Chi and these sorts of things when I just shut up and let it happen. However, every now and then it just takes over and does something, but it never does anything as mundane as what it did this night, which was pinching the bridge of my nose. 
so pinch the bridge of my nose um, after doing some, you know, exercise things with my hands in bed. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to sleep. I don't know why it did this, but uh, at some point in the night, um, I was woken up with a bright light, just like a year before. And yeah. I look out the window, there's nothing there. And I roll over and where my wall should be right next to my face. Uh, this is in a different bedroom, by the way, in the same apartment. Yeah. Um, I roll over and where my wall should be is this like force field of that diffuse white light. And as I'm looking at this, my nose starts to bleed down my throat. So I think like this meditation energy somehow knew what was going to happen and like cauterized my nose to make sure I wouldn't bleed out all over my sheets. But then the next morning when I had the nose, it triggered the flashback memory. And when it did that, I realized I can no longer ignore what happened a year earlier because the two things of light were the same light. That force yeah. field of light was the same light. So and that was a big wake-up call. And meanwhile, Tim, as if this isn't silly enough, at this point in my life, I've like already written I Know Why the Aliens Don't Land. I'm already writing for UFO Magazine. Like you would think I would want alien abductions to be in my life. So at least I would have something to write about. But it's like yeah, yeah, even yeah. that guy, even that guy who does that quote-unquote for a living or as a hobby or whatever, even that guy, when it happens, doesn't want it to happen. So for all these people who are like, I'd love it if I were abducted. Here's what I would do. Is like, no, that's nonsense. That's just what you think yeah. would happen. The, the truth is you're terrified and you block it out. That's the truth. Now, have you – now, that was like round, right about when I first started. You know, I think I met you a few years after, in a relatively short period of time after that, that original initial material first came out. And that was that, – so it's been like about 15 years or so. Have you – had any any sort of like any experiences as vivid as that um you know especially like you know i'm thinking more recent i mean it may, obviously it would be interesting a year or two later from there but i'm wondering like have you had anything like that in the last like five years or something especially since you moved out to hawaii nope <laughs> wow i know you you would think especially living here like i live out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> uh, on a magical island. And it really is alive. Like this place is alive, but no, it's, it's um, nothing like that. Weird. Do you have a theory on why yeah. that might be or not? Um, I, huh? I don't, I'm not certain. I, I think the second I say it, it will probably, then I'll have an experience and then I'll, it'll yeah. prove me wrong. But I mean, I, I just assume that I don't need it to be that anymore uh, because other things have happened. The so-called spiritual stuff has happened. And that to me is more interesting and more alive in a way than, than this stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, it's more, it's more right there all the time, ever present in your face. And yeah. this is more like a bunch of jumping through hoops to approach a mystery that is to expand your horizons in some way. And I think like, and I'm not saying I've, I've outgrown that uh, in the sense that I've got it all figured out, but I, I think it just doesn't interest me to do that anymore. I just don't have the energy to do that anymore. So maybe it's just gone away and in, in, in taken another form, you know? Uh, Stephen Strange in the chat has an interesting question. He says, what do you think the force field is, like the nature of it? Was it something physically happening, or is it mental? What, 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 do, you, what do you think of that? What, what, what's your assessment? 
I don't know. I mean, back then I thought in terms of a portal, like, oh, this opens up and they must come and go because it doesn't make sense that that would be literally, again, out my window in Queens and nobody else. Because, you know, New York people are awake. Like, they would see a UFO hovering over my house. Um, But, and so my thinking then was like, oh, portal, multidimensional, la la. Now I just don't know. Now I just leave a question mark. Gotcha. Very interesting. Now, have you you had a show? I think I, you're not on the Whitley Strieber Dream uh, Dreamland uh, site anymore, right? Have you retired from podcasting for now? Like I retired? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for now. But like I said, I'll probably do a few weeks later this year, uh, yeah. just so I can promote my book and and you know do a few interviews. Yeah, yeah. Tim, come to an interview. Um, what's that? Come be an interview. interview. Come on the I'd be happy to. Yes, yeah, Tim, yeah. I'd be happy to. Okay. Good. Yeah, for sure. I got a lot to talk about. I haven't had any good experiences, so. But I guess the question is, you, you, uh, you your show there with the Whitley Strieber, uh, what was the name of the show? The, the Experience, right? Something like that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got distracted here. Um, That's right. That was that show. Uh, you you talked to a lot of people who were experiencers. I guess what's your when you encounter somebody who's had an experience. Like what's your do you just listen? Is that like all you can really do? Because that's always something I've had a hard time with. Uh, not listening, but just sort of like, well, it's like, well, this is your this is your journey. I don't know what to say really. Otherwise, I always feel weird too. Like asking any. I'm afraid like people are gonna think I'm. I'm like Scott. Like, don't believe them, but it's like I just want more details. So don't, don't hate on me because I want to know like what color the wall was or whatever. But, but I guess like what's your? <laughs> you've talked to a lot of experiencers. I guess what's your what's your sort of take on that? Are there well, more now, I mean, I, or just know, people are happy to come out and talk about it now? I think people are just happy to come out and talk about it now. I mean, my take is I feel them out and just get a sense of whether they are talkers or if they're shy and that will, so however much I have to talk, <laughs> that'll depend on that. But um, in terms well, you of want to talk like to yeah. getting, yeah, I mean, in terms of like getting stuff from them or whatever, I mean, I, I guess my basic thrust is to try to get them to think broader probably than they do. And so trying to get more experiences, like people will say, well, this happened to me and this happened to me and that's it. And I'll say, and I'll ask a few questions about childhood. And then suddenly it'll open up like there will be, oh, yeah, well, I guess there is this, 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 and this. And then it's like, okay, you see the pattern here? And and so you had said earlier, like, I was one of the first people, you know, to embrace the term experiencer. And yeah. um, I really don't care what it's called. It's just that uh, if you think about, like, um, to say you're an alien abductee, then you have to block out, you have to block out all the other crazy stuff going on or no one's going to believe you. But the fact is, all of these people who claim to be alien abductees, most of them have a ton of other stuff that in any other co- culture, maybe we would be called shaman or something like that. Uh, yeah. So I think Experiencer allows you to not have to block out the other crazy stuff to tell your story because it is all part of the story because alien abduction ain't the story. And so I guess yeah, that I is kind of what I try to get way. out of people. You know? Do you find it? Well, <laughs> I, I, uh, 
You know, I sometimes think that, like, this current situation we're in, not the pandemic or, or the craziness of 2020, but just sort of the state of today's paranormal things, <coughs> excuse me, move so fast that uh, people might not recall, in a sense, and it's funny because now it would be like more people should should be talking about this. But, like, you – this is a roundabout way. I was going to ask you about sort of how – abduction, the whole abduction thing kind of like died out. Um, and, you know, there's a, in a sense, I guess, uh, we can kind of credit you and Jeff Ritzman for part of that by exposing a lot of the uh, uh, problematic, let's say, uh, yeah. tactics of Dr. Uh, David Jacobs. So, I mean, he he kind of, I haven't heard much from him in a long time. He was sort of, uh, and he was like the last guy left of the Holy Trinity of abduction research, um, because John Mack and yeah. Bud Hopkins died. So it's, but I mean, what's your? Do you think that whole, like, like do you think? Because part of me, like, it's really fucking weird in a sense, because the whole idea of like, oh, they're taking us, and they're experimenting on us. That's like such a. It feels like so antiquated. It feels such a like so yes. like no one's no one's saying that anymore. And it's like, I think that, like, the moment I look back on it and everything, it's like, I think that was just some misunderstanding, <laughs> some misunderstanding combined with, like, I don't want to call it wishful thinking, but sort of like maybe, maybe like, psychologically filling in the blanks and, and it, we, we, and this narrative developed, but it's like, you don't hear that at all anymore. That the, and it, the fucked up part is, like, when you say alien abduction to somebody, like, on the street, that's the first thing they think of. It's like, oh, the aliens took you and fucking probed your ass and, you know, fucking then they, then, you know, you were naked. And it's like all this weird, it's very weird. There's a lot of weird, like, uh, titillating aspects to it that people get hung up on. But it's like, they took you and experimented on you. And it's like, that's what they were saying in the 80s, man. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying now, right. but you don't hear it at all anymore. So that was a long, soapboxy kind of rant. But, I mean... What do you what what are your thoughts on sort of how this has changed? Here we are like well, shit almost 40 years <laughs> I'm later. Glad. It it does my heart well to hear you say that cuz I actually did write in the book a little something about uh people are always wondering now what happened to all the alien abductions where they go. And I do at least in part credit Jeff and I and Emma Woods and Carol Rainey for having gotten rid of it in that sense. Uh Killing it, killing that narrative, and I and I never know if writing something like that is too arrogant, but I can't overlook it. It's like eh, we kind of did, and I think the thing that we killed is what you're getting at, which is that this is you filling in the blank with your hypnotist. So like what I just yeah. described, which is I saw people naked on a, on tables, I had these beings showing me this and this, you know, saying, look, this is what abductions are. It's like sort of the elements are there. But that's not really what's going on. But I'm sure if I were to undergo hypnosis with David Jacobs, you know, we would pull out a scenario where these are doctors doing experiments and creating hybrids and blah, blah. Go down the, go down the sci-fi list. Um, so I think there is a lot of that filling the blanks. And people just, maybe they've just heard it too much before that it's not, they're not bothering with it anymore. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like who, wants, who needs to read that book again? We've already read it 8,000 times throughout the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Uh, so there's that's, that. That's but a good also, point. I yeah, think, yeah. 
I, I also think like killing off the narrators, the hypnotists, as we did, uh, helped for sure. Um, but I, I just think like, I don't know. It, uh, to me, like I look at, for instance, and I, I try to get at this through, or was trying to get at this through the show too. Like the interesting thing, we put the accent on the wrong syllable. Like we, we always think like the really interesting deep aspect of this is that it's happening at all. Like aliens from another planet, that's deep, right? No, the deep part is this dude who's afraid most of his life to have sex, to invite this into his life, has sex and then breathes a sigh of relief and then the next night these aliens show up. Like there's no way that an alien society is waiting for me to have sex to show up. They're not, you know, using their hard-earned tax dollars to, you know, monitor me and open up their portal technology or whatever it is like it doesn't make sense so the interesting thing is that this is happening and it doesn't make sense like there's a rational component to it but it's not a rational thing that we can tell and um there's something in there that is interesting but the 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 dog and pony show of alien doctors and you know are is pete rose a reptilian or whatever (laughs) Whatever the David Icke stuff is, <laughs> like that's all noise, you know. <laughs> is Pete Rose a but reptilian? It seems like that should yeah. be the real thing. Yeah, that that was one of his claims. But it, doesn't it seem as though that should be? I mean, it does, right? On the surface, it seems like that there is a surface level, and that's what this is about. And then you look deeper, and you go, wait a minute, it's not about that. And if it's not about that, then what is this surface level? Is that something the phenomenon is doing? Is that something we're doing with it, or is that? in the case of these alien doctors, something that hypnosis is doing. And I think that is all hypnotically retrieved. And I've said this before, and people have told me, no, I'm wrong, but they can't point to any experience they've had that wasn't hypnotically retrieved. That was little alien doctors and hybrids and stuff. Like show me where that is. Yeah. Right. Well, it all, again, like sort of the thing about the filling in the blanks, it makes, you can kind of see where you can kind of see where, where they fudge the lines a little bit in a sense, just by looking at the narrative. It's like, well, why is this happening? Well, they must be, you know, it should be sort of imposed this human reasoning on whatever the other is. And it's like, well, why is this happening? Well, clearly, if they're anything like us, then maybe they're coming here because they need something or whatever. It's like, why would we be doing this? It's like, well, shit, dude. Like, that's the wrong way to look at it. Like, I know, I guess that's the only way you can, it's not the only way, but it's the only way, it's the laziest way, I guess. People sort of just immediately go to like, well, what would I, why would we do it? It's like, we're not fucking, we, we can't do it, dude. So the idea of like why we would do it, you shouldn't even be entertained, really. Yeah, and Tim, don't you think like also there's, there's a sort of a limit on how far we can take the narrative without them landing? Right. Like all this disclosure, like push for disclosure and little alien doctors creating hybrids to take over the planet with or whatever, like that stuff has to eventually happen or else the narrative is, is, is shown to be false. And I think that's part of the problem. Like the narrative was never real to begin with. And the proof in the pudding is that it's been what, like 30 years, 40 years. How long has it been? That yeah. Yeah. Nothing like, is where is this from? This? Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a surreptitious invasion going on. It's like, well, how the fuck long is this invasion? I guess, yeah, it's kind of like you, 
we should, I, we should breathe a sigh of relief, I guess, because it's like, well, I'm probably it's probably not going to happen, or <laughs> this is the slowest invasion ever, and it probably won't happen until <laughs> way after I'm dead. So I guess I guess the whole idea that these are some kind of threat to invade isn't really a <laughs> that's not my problem, but. Yeah, well, it's funny you I bring mean, up it's the... it's weird, too. It's, it's... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was no, just no, saying, you it's go weird ahead. That, that, like, there are the inconsistencies, like, people hold these two thoughts in their head at the same time often, and they don't make sense at the same time, which is that there are aliens here doing things to us and invading us, and they don't know anything about us. They can't quite figure us out. Uh, but at the same time, these same people who think this often believe that these beings have been here since the beginning and maybe created us in a lab and, you know, we were slave labor to mine gold or whatever it is back in Babylonian days. Uh, So which is it? I mean, do they not know anything about us and they just got here or are they our creators? In which case they're not aliens. They're, they're earthlings just like us in some sense. I mean, what, which is it? But people hold on to both of these things at the exact same time and they never question that they're doing that. I, I find that odd. Well, it's funny. Uh, I was going to – yeah, it is weird. I mean, but they – yeah, people ascribe all kinds of shit to these aliens, and it's like <laughs> we don't even – you know, we don't even know – we don't know the first thing about whatever is behind all this. So it's – it's. It, it, I feel like you need to almost have – you have to have that attitude. It's the healthiest attitude to have if you want to be a – you know, function in society. But it's interesting uh, – now, you're not really how much I don't know how much you're following all this this disclosure stuff that's been going on the last like three or four years, but it's uh, interesting to me, especially because uh, talking to a guy like you uh, who's been around for a long time, you know, I talk to a lot of other a lot most of my friends are old timers at this point who've been around for at least fifteen years, twenty years. So it's like, I mean, I remember these. When all these times when it was like, oh, this could be, this is like, it's like the joke. It's just like, uh, is Obama going to be the disclosure president? It's like, there are people saying like George, George W. Bush is going to be the disclosure president. It's like we've seen this a million times, and and it's funny in a sense. There's like this whole new generation of people that they get like angry in a sense too, because it's like we say like, oh, dude, this is, you know. We're not being – I don't think I'm being a dick. It's like try not to be – I just say like, hey, just hold your horses. Just don't <laughs> don't get too excited because you're going to – you may end up being really disappointed and shit. I mean it does look like something is percolating. I don't necessarily believe that they're going to fucking come rolling out and go, hey, there's aliens. But uh, at the same time, it's like I just had the rug pulled off from under me so many times that – that to me, it's hard to have faith in any of that. And it's like, it, it almost turns into kind of like a religious thing because there are people who are just like, oh, how could you? You gotta have faith that this is the time. This time, it's really gonna happen. And how could you? How could you question it this time? Don't you see? Don't you see? And it's like, oh man, like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't fool me once, fool me twice, all that shit. So, but I mean, what's your take on this? this disclosure push that's happening now? Because it's certainly interesting. Uh, it's 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 intriguing what's going on, but I don't know what to make of it personally. I don't know. Uh, how intriguing is it? I mean, how uh, 
I guess this is the part I don't know is like what what sets this apart from uh, Gray's eat strawberry ice cream all that Falcon condor stuff or whatever that was from the 80s like what I guess what makes it interesting to me is that it's like that old uh, like Bob Dylan was like there's something happening here and we don't know what it is and it's if it was a one shot thing like if it was that New York Times thing and then nothing a what you know a what like a TV special I remember they did an ABC TV special two hours on UFOs and people were like this is it this is a fucking yeah. deal and that was like when I first got into this in like 2003 so uh, I guess what intrigues me is there's something happening here that's unfolding but I don't necessarily think that it's whatever the fuck I don't think it's going to be I don't think they're going to just come out and go hey there's aliens like uh, I I I if anything, I'm probably more of the opinion that like there's some kind. They're kind of trying to they're, they're trying to manipulate us somehow with this UFO thing. Uh, if anything, I mostly yeah. think that it's it's some kind of like military industrial complex con job where they're going to be like we don't know what these things are and therefore we need a shitload of money to uh, you know we need a ton of money to fucking to to find out what they are and and be ready to fight them if they show up or whatever. And it's like. Like, you know, that's no fun. Well, here's the problem. Uh, The military has lied to us from the beginning. We know that. And we also know that they've used ufology as a psyop experimental playground. We know that. So, you know, and even just in terms of, like, trying to ferret out Russian spies by seeing who'd be interested in you know, right, alien right. technology, Area 51, or whatever it is. We know that they did all that stuff. So why would anything they're doing now suddenly be honest? And um, I haven't read it. I guess the only UFO book that's come out recently that I haven't read that I might want to would be Nick Redfern's book on uh, Rendlesham. Oh, I haven't read it, but I heard him on Coast to Coast, and it sounds – it's pretty fascinating, and it's it's more – I mean – Believable. Well, if you do that, like, yeah, yeah, if he's got, if he's onto something there, then that's it. To me, that's it. It's like, right, it was one big psyop. It was one big hallucinogenic experiment. Is that what all of this is? I mean, and now we're at the point with, like, we made the joke about QAnon at the beginning, but QAnon is the most ridiculous pseudo-conspiracy nonsense, and yet kajillions of people believe it. So yeah. aren't those people ripe for any lie you throw at them about UFOs? I mean, I just don't exactly. know how people who are into disclosure don't see all of these warning signs for what they are. And yet, having said that, uh, wash, rinse, repeat. This is what ufology is. A whole bunch of people who continually rotate in and out of this, this uh, interest that they have who don't know how to look at things, don't know what they're looking at, of course, because it's identified, but don't even know don't even know who, what they don't know. You know what I mean? Right. Don't know that their that their type of not thinking has already been expressed year after year through other people and that they're not gonna be the ones to get at it just because they're loud and say, I'm gonna be the one to get at it. Like we've been right. here before, yeah. we've seen all of this before, just stop. Do something different. And to me, what really is 
I said this on the show a couple of weeks ago. I didn't get any pushback, so I guess people didn't, uh, the UFO crowd didn't listen or the disclosure crowd didn't listen. But to, to me, like, look it. I'd like to know what this is. I don't think anybody wouldn't who's into this stuff wouldn't like to know. Um, but I take one good fucking look around the world right now, and I am anti-disclosure. Like, I'm just – and, and that's coming from someone who genuinely wants to know the answer. But it's like we don't – we just do not fucking need this right now. So, so all this excitement well, – We can't, we can't handle the disclosure of a virus. We can't handle wearing exactly. masks. Exactly. And we're going to handle aliens? So, and this should be another, another clue that this is something else, that this is some other con that they're doing, is that they know that. They, the military people – are looking around and seeing that. Do you really think they're looking around and going, yeah, this is the society that's mature enough to handle disclosure. Let's give it to them. No. So right. something we, else is going on. Yeah. It's like we can't even fucking agree on whether or not you should wear a mask. Like, to stop a fucking deadly virus. It's not even, it's not even, like, a, it's not even like a fucking fashion statement, dude. It's, a, it's to save people's lives. And people are like, oh, fucking no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's like... It's like, oh, the CO2 is going to get trapped in there. What, somehow the fucking oxygen doesn't get trapped in there. It comes through the mask, stupid. The CO2 goes out the mask. How do all those doctors Jesus. wear masks all day, I wonder? Oh, my God. I heard a great line the other day. A lot of them graduated from YouTube University fucking, fucking MAGA yell loudly. So that's their, uh, that's their fucking take on this. Uh, well, it's, it wouldn't be my... All right, we got someone. Hold the phone now. We got somebody. Uh, we got somebody on the line now here for the block party. Finally, so let's uh, let's bring him on the show here. Open the door. Open the door. All right, three, two, one, area code. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, that's quite an intro, Jack Brewer here. Yes! Hey, Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Interesting conversation. I just uh, wanted to encourage you guys and uh, let you know I appreciate the show. And I did want to ask, Jeremy, so after the experience you've been writing and you're going to, like, add some of your personal experiences and just your general thoughts on what's going on. Do I have that right? Uh, yeah, in a roundabout way. That's, that's about what it is. Well, good. I, I look forward to that. And I do think it's interesting, as you guys are getting at, that with all of the the war games and the spy games and the exploitation of the topic, that we still have the experiencers, for lack of a better term, that are just kind of doing their thing and and some of them in kind of their own bubble and some not. And if you guys would like to talk about how all these different um, aspects of the genre twist and flow together some more, I'd really appreciate that. And again, thanks for uh, the show. I appreciate it and I appreciate all of the uh, COVID shows you did with Doc Coke, John, too, Tim. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, I told Doc to call in, but he's got some stuff going on tonight, so he's not going to be able to. But, uh, yeah, well, uh, we're going to – 
we're in dire need of another show relatively soon because things are getting worse now. Uh, you know, everywhere but yeah. Massachusetts, as you as you pointed out in the article you sent me. So <laughs> I don't want to rub yeah, it in on can't. anyone, but yeah. I'm incredibly proud of how well we're doing here. So yeah, can I ask Jack Good a question. What's that, Jeremy? Can I ask, can I ask Jack a question? Jack, can I ask you? A question? Absolutely. This is the block party. Uh, if Jack sure. doesn't mind. He sounded like he was trying to escape, so we'll. Well, no, I know. That's why I want to ask him a question before you speak. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I all right. Grab this snake by the. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, be, well, I want to turn your question back on you, which is because I know that you uh, research from the disclosure angle, you know, quite a bit, and I don't see you talking too much about the abduction stuff, and I don't see too much about the abduction stuff from people who post about disclosure like the Blink-182 guys or any of those people, they don't really seem to be in it. So you're asking, like, where do they intersect? And it seems like they've always intersected until the last few years where they've kind of been pulled apart. Would I be wrong in thinking that, where, like, actually you don't necessarily have to even be interested in abductions to care about UFOs and, and disclosure and all of that? Oh, I, I very much agree with that. I, absolutely. And I think that your your general line of thinking is correct as well, too, that um, even going all the way back to the 50s and 60s, there's always been a certain uh, group of researchers that, that may have, have believed in abductions or beings and, you know, close encounters of the fourth and fifth kind. They may have agreed with that or believed in it in private but felt that it hurt their community standing to to talk about it publicly and I think we see some of that I also think we see some that just don't believe it and, and want to uh, keep that angle out of the public discussion but in, in the to the stars in that group and particularly their following, I think there's a big presence of people that believe they've interacted with alien beings or um, the other, for lack of a better term. And I think that's a lot of those people are pulling for TTSA for those reasons. But I, I do find the whole thing interesting of how it all kind of does this dance and um I, I think you guys were spot on earlier, too, about how you can't sustain the narrative for only so long, and, and it implodes, due largely, as you guys pointed out, to the work of Jeremy and Jeff Ritzman and Carol Rainey and Emma Woods, uh, did a lot of good, valuable work on on the the flaws in those narratives but it 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 just can't continue like, like tim was just saying about well how long does it take these guys to do this invasion and and then it's really hard as you both know and your listeners too that the the uh problem keeps coming up of having new material and something better than you spoke about it the last conference or you put in your last book and yeah. that that really pushes the edges of integrity and 
um, accuracy, but thanks. Um, thanks for asking, Jeremy. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. And then I guess... Go ahead, Randy. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, right, for, gonna, for either of you, uh, let me just ask either of you this question. Yeah. One, one little question, then I'll shut up, which is, right. it seems as though there's the feeling that UFOs have a better shot of being, I don't know, disclosed as something than alien abductions because they're more physically real. Uh, but do we have any evidence of that outside of that we feel that way? Because a lot of the footage we see is garbage. It's just lights in the sky or something. Um, and we've had military people claim to be abducted or claim to have alien contact the same way they claim to have seen UFOs. So what is it about UFOs where there is this sense that they – there's a better shot at the, uh, at proving the physicality of a UFO over alien abductions. Well, I was going to say, let me just jump before you go, Jack, because this is kind of connected to what I was going to just, uh, where Vanny and I crossed, crossed streams there. But uh, I think, I think maybe, well, even if it's just subconsciously, I think maybe it's the idea that it's more palatable for people to find out that there's people coming here and let's leave the part about how they come into your house and fucking take you out of the, out of the, out of the disclosure for now. That seems like that, that's the impression I almost get where it's like, okay, we can, well, they'll tell us about the UFOs, but uh, they don't want to freak everybody out by how they can also, uh, you know, come and take us away. What's interesting too, to me, is, and Jack, this should resonate with you, I think, too, is uh, the a lot of this stuff that we're seeing now with this current incarnation of the disclosure movement is cloaked in uh, the threat aspect of it and how it's like they're interloping. They're, they're, inter- they're coming into our airspace. We need to know what they are because they could be – it's just dangerous dangerous that these craft are showing up and uh you know a plane could crash even though we don't i guess uh, there's a couple of ufo cases where allegedly that happened so but you know it's it's uh you know we could start world war three by accident because an alien flew through our airspace or whatever that's kind of the the aspect of it what's interesting i guess to me is that the abduction thing's just completely left out of the wayside of that it's like it, these things could be a threat because they're coming here and flying in our airspace. It's like, what, what, what about the stories of them coming and taking people away, dude? Like, what about, what about those stories? That's the threat. That's the fucking – that's the part that people would be concerned about. But no one even talks about that uh, as far as I can tell. You know, you don't really hear uh, TTSA or, or any of these just pro-disclosure people being like, we need to know what's going on because they're taking people, people away. Uh, so I think that's kind of interesting sort of development, I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, like they want to establish A before they move on to B or C. Yeah, it, it does kind of seem that way. And I I think the the threat angle, a lot of people feel like that's their best argument. I, I think this is what I interpret that their best argument for the government has to be investigating this or and if they're not should be because it's airspace incursions and radar paints 
and landing traces. So this creates a national security threat. So there have to be files on it. So I think they take that angle. I, I think it also, you know, we're kind of dancing around it, but it also leads to more grant opportunities and funding opportunities for organizations right. that, yeah, want to work with the government and work on this threat. It also has to be com- contemplated. And And Jeremy asking about why people feel that's so much more, or at least bringing the issue up, why is a UFO seemingly easier to get under a glass? I think the radar stories, the multiple witness stories, but to me, this takes us to really the fundamental issue of people learning how to learn and how to identify a story and recognize what's verified and what's not, and what's opinion and what's not, and what's just a quote from a source and what's an actual verified circumstance and what's a quote from a source that's saying somebody else told them something that's just, you know, we get into fourth and fifth hand hearsay. Right. And I think that's really a big issue here because when we get these stories in the Times and on various websites and YouTube channels, we're unable to identify collectively and as a culture what's really being verified and what's not. And I think that's important because even these stories that have the radar along with the UFO sighting really doesn't indicate anything necessarily is particularly unusual or high strangeness or definitely otherworldly about such a chain of events. Then at the same time, we have stories like Jeremy has has shared with us about his personal experiences, and we obviously have somebody in Jeremy that's done a lot of personal introspection and a lot of thoughtful contemplation to where I I really found it interesting that, Jeremy, you even came up with the notion of um, it just doesn't make sense that an alien race would be waiting for that particular night under those circumstances to come visit me again. And wherever the path leads and your answers lead, I think those are the right questions that get around the shock and awe and the urgency of of the moment and give it more thoughtful consideration and whatever the answers may be. And that's what I think as a culture collectively we need more of. And in my opinion we're getting a lot of that shock and awe laid on us by the times and other reporters that the, if you really break down sentence by sentence, what's being said here, often it is just hearsay and lack of verification. And I I think those are important points. And again, thanks for asking guys. Oh, absolutely. I'll let you go uh, after this, Jack, but yeah, I just, I'll give credit where credit's due. Jack, uh, he gets a lot of cheap shit from uh, the disclosure folks uh, because he just 
you know, because he's willing to fucking ask questions, tough questions. Um, and I have I have a world of respect for you, Jack. So, you know, it always irritates me when you when people give you shit because it's like, dude, he's just asking questions. He's just asking fucking for shit to be verified, man. That's I, I, I thought that was I thought that's what the goal here was to to get to the bottom of this. Wrong. Like, but no, Jack's a fucking heretic because he won't because he fucking asks people to fucking you know because he tries to get verification on shit. It's like get get the fuck out of here, man. So I, I, I hold you in the highest regard, brother, and I appreciate you calling in. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys, and great show, and have a good one and a safe weekend. Absolutely, brother. Have a great 4th of July. All right. Take care, brother. Yeah, what you were just saying there about – yeah, just to add to, to the adversaries of Jack Brewer is, like, if you were to take uh, – the, the same it would be the same people again from at least the 1980s upward the same things it would be the same ideas coming out of different people's mouths you know what i mean like in other words there's he doesn't have a worthy adversary there's nobody out there who's who's critiquing jack brewer with anything authentic it's just the same old trite crap that they might yeah. not they might as well not even say they might as well just Stick, take other criticisms they've heard from the last 30 years, put them in a bucket, and pick one randomly and be angry <laughs> and, and say it angrily. I mean, that's what it looks like to me when I see these people. It's like, wait a minute, haven't I seen you before? I mean, I'm sure you're like in your 20s, so I haven't. And yet I've heard everything you have <laughs> yeah. to say before, and it's the same nonsense year after year after year. Get new material, people. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I said before, it's like we're just trying to fucking get some verification on shit. Uh, isn't that the whole thing? Trust but verify. It's like Jack's trying to do the verify work, and people are like, just trust, just trust. It's like, yeah. no, dude, I don't fucking trust anybody. So it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. But you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think they're going to keep pushing this football down the field, and and and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know how connected you are, there's a lot of talk right now in the last week or two that there's going to be some new bombshell New York Times article that's going to be about crash retrievals and shit, and it's like, they think this is going to be it, and to me, it's like, uh, you know, it might be an incremental push down the field, but I don't necessarily know. I've said this before on the show, too, and, and uh it bears repeating because I, I I would like to have one of these folks on the show, these disclo- pro disclosure folks, because I would like to actually have like a genuine uh, conversation with them about these issues. But it's like, what are the fucking logistics of this, dude? Like, what are the fucking logistics? Mm-hmm. Are they going to come out and go, oh, aliens are real? Are they going to come here? Like, how? Where are the aliens going to live? You know? Or if they already live yeah. here, it's like, well, they, are they going to be? A, it's like everybody has this science fiction idea, like that the aliens are just going to integrate into our society and we're all going to be hanging out together. It's like that doesn't even make any fucking sense. It's we don't like even have they, a society they, anymore. Well, are the aliens going to help get fucking jobs? Who wants to come here? <laughs> right. It yeah. Again, yeah. it's like we can't leave here, so it's only so, we're now, our jobs. so now what? The, there's your fucking alien invasion right there. It's like we can't leave here, but the aliens exist, so they're going to come here. It's like, wait a minute, what's what's going on here? You know, and all the and the guys in the chat room, God bless them, and they're they're bringing up some interesting points where it's like, oh, there's a lot of talk that they live underneath the planet and shit. It's like, 
you know, in the caverns and stuff, you know, where me and my Jewish, uh, me and my gay Jewish lover live. And so, so, so maybe that was a, a prescient, a prescient dream. So, um, but then it's like, okay, so let's say the government came out and they're like, okay, look at this. There's beings. They're actually not from outer space. They live underground. It's like people are gonna lose their fucking minds. And and at that point, it's like. But how would you, how can, I mean, I, I don't know how I'd feel. I'd probably just be like, wow, man, world's fucking nuts. This is wild. I wouldn't get angry about it. But, like, can you can you imagine the folks who graduated from YouTube University fucking magna, MAGA yell loudly? And, and when they say, oh, look, it turns out there's a whole race of people. They live underground. They've been here since the beginning. So now we have to coexist with them. Good fucking luck. Good luck convincing these people that we need to all live together. Jesus, that's never going to happen. Now, can they be from underground if the earth is flat? <laughs> oh, my God. You know I love the flat earthers. Come on. <laughs> in the latest development, though, this I'm starting world to think the flat in, earthers <laughs> don't love me anymore. I've been trying to connect with some flat earthers to get one on the show and getting ghosted by the flat earth people. So <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's pretty bad when you're on the outs with the flat earth community, but... Ah, that's true. Jeez. Now I meant we mentioned it at the start of the show. We got that jack on. Exactly. We gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens! What kind of radio show is this? We almost don't need to beat the dead horse here anymore about the disclosure thing. It's like I. Uh, and here's the here's, uh, here's the last thing I'll say is I don't people may think oh you know you're you're like bitter or whatever to look at it. if the government came out tomorrow and said oh aliens are real or whatever I'd fucking love it I'd be like this is great let's see where this goes let's see what happens next this is this is fucking wild apparently apparently they're going to tell us now or they're going to tell us some story about aliens and let's see let you know let's see how it develops so it's like but personally I'd be more concerned about like how the rest of the <laughs> the world would take it because again we can't even agree on whether or not to wear masks with a deadly virus flowing around so uh a network of uh, a, a race of different beings living underground beneath our feet uh is is i don't know necessarily how or, or coming here from out of space or where or, or existing in a dimension next to us it's like how, how soon would they be like we gotta get to that fucking dimension we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find a, we gotta make a fucking portal to get into that dimension and fucking get these guys. It's like what? No, dude, no. We don't need to, we don't need to go in and get them in the other dimension. Let's just, let's just all take a deep breath. Yeah. Well, in God, as you're saying that, it's like yeah, but it's weird how society itself has become my gripe about ufology, which is like it's so stupid that. It's almost. I was saying this to Carol earlier today. Like, do we really need to start over and like redefine what basic morality is? Like, you don't just pull a gun on somebody because you hit their yeah. car and they're upset. You know, things like you know the whole Karen meme thing, or you know, yeah, you don't yeah, show up with guns on Capitol Hill because you don't want to wear a mask and therefore my freedom. Like, do we really have to have this? Like, when did we lose our sense of just basic decency? Where we've got to re, or like even just like you were making the 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 joke about you know the magna cum laude or whatever it is. Trump magna yell loudly. Magna cum, cum, ma, magna yell loudly. It's like 
yeah, why is it that you don't trust a doctor because – not because of, like, any real conspiracy thing beyond the fact that you just think you know more than a specialist who spent years of their lives studying something that you haven't. Like, that yeah. just offends you, that that person could be better educated because they are than you. When did we allow this to become who we are? I don't get it. Well, it's a very good book. I haven't read it, but uh, I've read enough. Uh, I follow the guy on Twitter, Tom Nichols. It's called Death of Expertise, and it's about that idea. It's about how society has has now turned on fucking experts. It's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> we, we, need, we, we need experts to function as a society, dude. They're the ones who – it's like, why <laughs> – it's like it's like we have civil engineers to design highways and shit, dude. You just don't fucking pull somebody off the street and have them do it with a crayon. It's like you need right. people who are specialists in shit. Well, it's like also but for some reason people are like, ah, well, go for them. What's that? Yeah, like so uh, we always go for the red herring issue. Like there are there is something about uh, living in a world that worships science and science is materialist and we know the world doesn't really work that way so there is a problem here that needs to be discussed but the red herring issue is therefore all researchers don't know what they're talking about and i do because i watch youtube like no one does not equal two yes we need to have this discussion about what it means to be an expert and and all that that doesn't mean that you are one and that doesn't mean that person isn't you know what I mean? Like, we're, But we always seem to do this with everything, with all the conspiracy theories from 9-11 to UFOs. It's always like, well, I've got a legitimate question here, gets taken over by the people who are like, I've got a ludicrous answer, and now I'm angry about it. It's like, no, yeah. can we just not do that anymore? Can we not let those people take over? <laughs> well, not. you'd like to think, but who knows? <laughs> You know, there's a part of me that thought, that had the hope, but it's like you just can't, as our, as our, as our mutual friend Alfred Lemmer likes to say, you can't fix stupid. It's like, uh, there's a part of me that hoped this whole pandemic thing would, like, wake people up to, to just how fucked up the world is. And I think it did. I think it did in a sense. I think you're seeing that manifest in a lot of the protests and stuff, um, that people are... are just and they and the George Floyd thing was the was the you know the match or the straw that broke the camel's back in a sense. But it was like I think maybe a lot of people took a look around when they were stuck in their fucking house throughout March and April, and they were like, "Shit's got to change, man. This is not good." Yeah. But again, it's like we're so divided that that it's not that there's the people who are like, "Things have to change. This pandemic." Which should have been a wake-up call that uh, there's a lot of problems here we need to address. And then there's just people like, no, we need to go back to the way things were, exactly how they were, exactly how they were. It's like, no, we don't need to go back to how they were, dude. That's how, <laughs> that's how fucked up, that's how we got into this fucked up situation, man. Yeah, and also, haven't we watched enough movies and TV about what a good guy and a bad guy is? Like, at what point are we, like, watching The Walking Dead and we're like, you know what? I want to be the governor, or I want to be Nagin. I don't want to. I don't want to be the good guys anymore. I want to be those bad guys, or I want to be Darth Vader. Like nobody says that, and yet that's the way we behave in real life. You know, yeah. like we've watched enough of these apocalypse films where it's like we get scared. Like, oh right, is that what's going to be a bunch of marauding people with guns? And the answer is yes. 
And yet somehow those very same people won't realize that they're the marauding people with guns. Like they don't know that that's who they are. You're the bad guy, dude. Do you know you're the bad guy? Like you've seen this show. I don't get it. Well, I think, too, there may be – I'd like someone to do a study on this kind of thing. I don't have the time nor the inclination to do so, but there's a thing. Now, I'm going to throw it to a wrestling reference here, but, like, do you remember remember the Monday Night Wars and Stone Cold Steve Austin, how he became, like, the biggest star ever and shit, right? You remember that? Yeah. It was like Uh that was the whole – essence of that time period it was like jerry springer and and uh attitude and uh the anti-hero i i wonder if there's like a this is the thing where i said people somebody should do a study about it but it's like i wonder if there's like a generational thing where like every 20 years it's like people the the anti-hero becomes you know that's the thing that people gravitate towards which would kind of explain a lot of what we're seeing today in a way where there is this sort of push, this attitude push, in a way, and, and embrace of the anti-heroes that I don't really recall, like, ten years ago or whatever. So it goes out of fashion after a while. But I, I wonder yeah. if we're in one of those cycles right now. Well, the problem is, though, that the anti-heroes in society, like the anti-hero in wrestling world, uh, Stone Cold, gets popular because – He's anti the stale characters, and then eventually he's anti the establishment because he's anti Vince McMahon. So, but right, he's right. he's representing the viewpoint that we're sick of the establishment essentially, and the crap that's been pushed on us. Well, in real life, yeah, yeah. the people who are representing that are white people who are the establishment and are the very people who have been benefiting from it. That's the disconnect. Yeah. So, how you can't be anti yourself without looking in a mirror, <laughs> you know. And this is yeah. what happens when you don't. You get a gun. <laughs> Everyone else is your problem, not you. It's pretty uh it's pretty messed up. I forget how we even got off on this tangent, uh, from the UFO world, but have you now you made your bones on the experience uh thing and, and sort of you uh percolate in the world of UFOs. Have you ever like looked at anything outside of that stuff? Like I feel like ghosts would almost be like tangential to some of your experiences, perhaps. Uh, I don't necessarily think that you ever uh, like looked at Bigfoot or anything like that. But have you ever explored any sort of uh, topic beyond UFOs? Did anything ever like catch your interest? Yeah, actually, I have looked at Bigfoot and I've looked at ghosts and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't I think I've looked uh, at it all. But scrutinized yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't like scrutinized it probably in the way uh, other things, but I've had ghostly phenomena happen and. Um, you know, yeah, no, I, I think it's all interrelated. So I have no problem looking at it, including Bigfoot. I like Bigfoot. I know you do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot abductions. That Copley says. I would like to. Uh, I would. I think there are a few. There are a few Bigfoot abduction stories, but they're like different than. They're not really. I guess that's like the missing four one one thing. There's a specific. I think there's a formula to like, like, I don't know, the reality of this stuff versus the fiction of this stuff, and the formula yeah. is, like, we thought the formula would be like you either have one thing or another thing or another thing, and it turns out no, you actually have too many things going on. So that was my biggest fear, right? Is like, how can I talk about Kundalini energy 
Ouija board experiences, alien abductions, like how much can happen to one person before that person is either crazy or lying? And, but they all have happened, right? I've had these experiences, so what am I to do? But I know through interviewing people and from reading books and watching documentaries that the people who are lying or, or fantasy prone or delusional actually have like fully fleshed out stories of, of that they know what this stuff is, they know what to do with it, they can sell you classes and how you can develop X, Y, and Z from it, you know, all of yeah. that. Uh, so while I do think it is all interrelated, that doesn't mean that I would believe just anyone's stories. In fact, I don't believe most stories that I hear from people, um, which is actually what was refreshing about the experience, because I think most of the people I talked to on that show uh, did strike me as truthful. And there were only a couple yeah. of people that struck me as delusional and like one person who struck me as completely lying. And I never aired that episode. Oh, wow. That's admirable of you. Most people would, uh, who knows, air it and not say anything or something. I'm sure some people yeah. would air well, it and be like, this guy's a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. No, I just told him, I think you're lying to me and that's it. <laughs> Wow. Did this person, how, what was their reaction? Were they like, no, I'm not. Uh, no, they were more like, okay, fine. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But not pissed enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like not pissed in the way that you would if you were actually offended. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Not mad. Not, not. Not pissed off because you were really abducted by aliens, but just pissed off because you couldn't they couldn't pull the wool over your eyes on it. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, thanks for wasting my Tuesday evening. <laughs> yeah, back oh, at you, man. Anyway, garbage pail kids, Tim. Garbage pail kids. Have you uh we can kind of transition a little bit to some good parade stuff. Now have you have you watched anything that you recommend for people to see? Lately, oh, that's craptastic. Uh, or just I wish general. I thought about this question earlier. I, would, I don't know. Well, Not I'll ask really. you this first. Have you? This could be a good. This could be a good jumping-off point in a sense. Is uh, have you watched the new Unsolved Mysteries yet? Just dropped a couple days ago. No, I just saw that today, and I was, I was wondering if that was new or or old. So you're seeing yeah, it's new. new. They just put out six episodes on Netflix. Um, Did they catch I'm hearing it? a lot of talk about it, but I haven't seen it yet. Apparently they do one on – now I'm terrible with geography. I didn't learn about this t- till recently, but apparently it's fairly well known. Have you – did you know about this UFO case that uh, happened like in Western Mass? It's like fairly well known. They do an episode on that. On this UFO case huh. in what in the Berkshires? Um, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to see it to know. It's allegedly an abduction. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll Google it. Let me see. But they, what's interesting is they made a giant cinder block. Uh, um, giant cinder. They have a giant like Kong. They had a giant in the Berkshires. Yeah. Let me see if I if there's a name for it. Uh, it happened yeah, in 1969. Live radio, like Googling. Yeah, yeah. It happened in 1969. Thomas Reed is the main guy. Tom Reed. He's the one who kind of promotes it a lot nowadays. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. I've heard of him. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. It's a family, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to. We'd have to watch the Unsolved Mysteries episode. So yeah, you're right. This is. This is. T- gone down a bad path. What, well, I don't what? know. I, I know that there was a family, and I don't know if it was this family, so forgive me if it is, but I think it is, where somebody was trying to get me to be interested in it, in it years ago, and I looked at the <sighs> website, and sure. it just looked pokey to me. It looked like, eh, you know, more people trying to make a buck. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I, sure. Maybe sure. I'm wrong, so if it's these people, I apologize. Well, it's an interesting angle it's an interesting case in a way too it's kind of like uh it's to me it's interesting in a sense where it's like what's refreshing i'm looking forward to seeing this episode um of unsolved mysteries because it is a case that apparently hasn't really gotten the the spotlight very much and it's like well kudos to the people from unsolved mysteries because if I found out they were doing a fucking Bentwaters episode or a Roswell episode, I'd be like, no, no, I don't want to know about that at all, blah, blah, blah. But at least this is like it's, – it's, it's, I guess it's not that obscure in UFO lore, but uh, it's less well-known than, say, Pascagoula, but uh, certainly not as well-known as any like Roswell or anything like that. So I'm interested in checking that out. Um, but now, then what are you going to get out of it? That's the, my question. Like, okay, so you watch this, and then what? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I that's for the people parade. who aren't like us, though. That's for, like, uh, non, as I call them, UFO curious. That's for the UFO curious people who are like, <laughs> they'll watch it. They'll be titillated like by the possibility that aliens are out there. And then they'll go, then they'll watch episode five. Then they'll, you know, then they'll, then they'll want to know who murdered that lady. It's kind of like that. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'll get something out of it in the sense that I like a good UFO yarn, and it's good that they dug up an, uh, dug up a, a fairly well-known enough case that there's enough material for an hour thing on it. Although personally, because I like the Pascagoula alien, because it's so weird looking and shit, I'd kind of prefer they did that. But maybe in the next uh, season or something. Yeah, keep hope alive, buddy. Talk about craptastic. You, this is the opposite of craptastic. I, I'll give a high, high recommendation for a show on. Uh, it's, it's on Netflix. They're streaming it, but it's not a Netflix show. Shit's Creek. I watched the the entire oh, run of Shit's Creek. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really good. And uh, there is a movie that I want to see that I want you to see. And maybe we yeah. should do a good parade about it, or you know, which is the Banana Splits movie. Have you seen this? Is that like with the the old cartoon or whatever it was? It's the, the old, yeah, uh, it's the old what was people it? in costumes, except it's a rated R. Uh, the, the Banana Splits. Somebody apparently bought the rights to the Banana Splits, which used to be a bunch of people in costumes who would introduce cartoons when we were kids. Well, now those people in costumes... Send uh, Marty Croft. The, the rest of the movie is... Yeah, well, they're 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 not being paid attention right. to, so they just pick up axes and start hacking everybody apart. And it's like a slasher movie with the bananas oh, wow. the bad guys. Yeah, this has to be garbage pale kids caliber stuff. I'm thinking. Interesting. 
Okay, yeah. All right. A full-length comedy horror film adaption called uh, The Banana Splits Movie premiered at Comic-Con last year and was released worldwide. So I wonder uh, in August. So I wonder if it's available uh, on some streaming service. Well, this is an interesting topic. That just that just set me off on an interesting thing to discuss, and it's not necessarily paranormal, but I think uh, everybody can relate to it. Um, and this is uh, the – I remember when we did the PopCast, the, para, uh, the pop culture podcast for a while before it became the Good Parade, that uh, – and you, you, I'm sure you remember this. You were blown away. And just like so fucking excited, and you, you're gonna come out looking good in this, so don't get scared. <laughs> so you were, you were like, you were like, I got this fucking thing. It's amazing. I get all these channels. It's called a Roku, and you gotta get this fucking Roku thing. And I'm like, Vaney, like, just get cable, you shitbag. And and and, and now. It's like shit, man. If you, I don't know if you had any money back then. Probably not, because you bought a because you bought a fucking Roku before before it had anything on it. But it's like, god damn, man, you should have invested in Roku because you you were you were so on the money with Roku. It, it's unbelievable. So I, I, it's interesting. I guess the point, the pivot point, I wanted to bring up here was what reminded me with the banana splits thing because it's like, oh well, what. What service is this even on? It's unbelievably weird now how there's not like one – like we had the Netflix thing, and now it's just like there's so many of these fucking services. I was saying to somebody the other day, it's like every one of these services, right, seems to have like one or two good things and just a whole bunch of shit. And it's like I just wish you could just get <laughs> the order a service that just has all the good shit and so you don't have to wait – so you don't have to sign up – $10 for this, $10 for that, $10 for the other thing, and just get the good shit you want to see. But it's it's a very irritating prospect. Um, and as a pop culture maven, I mean, what do you think of that whole thing where now it's like there's a million of these streaming services? Yeah, I think they're out of control. Uh, I mean, I like the – like, we have Sling TV, which I love. Uh, yeah. And you can add on some things to that if you want like, whatever they are, know, HBO or Showtime or one of those. But the thing yeah. is, uh, a lot of these networks now are like, mm-hmm. you mean we can stream our own channel and make money ourselves? And they started pulling stuff off of various things. And that I don't like. Right. That's a step too far. It's like, yeah, you should just consolidate onto one or two platforms and have them do it. I mean, really, like after The Mandalorian, does anyone need the Disney Network? <laughs> That's what I mean. It, but the, yeah, or or what's the other one? CBS. It's like, really, are those hackneyed Star Trek shows really worth the entire network? No, just freaking, just do what you know best. Have advertisements and free. Right. I guess. Yeah, that's the thing too. It's yeah. funny you mentioned that because that's the. I don't really have any uh, interest in Hamilton. I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't get Hamilton. I don't know what the people love Hamilton. I, maybe you have to see it to love it. I don't know, but it's like apparently it's airing on. I guess people like musicals. Yeah, I know what it is. It's just mm-hmm. I don't really. I don't like musicals. Are you a Hamilton fan? Yeah. 
No, I'm saying oh. it's a musical. Who the fuck wants to sit through a live-action TV musical? You barely want to right. sit through well, a Broadway musical. You really want to sit through a TV musical? <sighs> well, that's the that's the thing. Tonight is probably why, you know, we, well, we have a lot of people in the chat right now, but, uh, you know, I'm sure we lost one or two to Hamilton tonight because apparently they're running Hamilton <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. There's a big crossover between Banal of America and Hamilton, but the uh, – but the advertisements all week, they're like, fucking Friday, Hamilton, finally, on Disney+. Plus. It's like, what is what, – I don't know what – I don't I don't know what Hamilton – like, I don't I don't know what it is. I really don't. I don't – I have no – all I know is it's a musical about Alexander Hamilton, I guess, with rap. So, I don't know. Maybe I need to see it. Maybe it's good. Yeah. I'm sure it's good, but, is it, but it's good live. It's not going to be good – you know, you can count on one hand how many musicals are actually good, the televised version or the movie version, and uh, that's called The Wizard of Oz and The Sound of Music, the end. Everything else garbage. Yeah. Except, um, what was the uh, what was the chicken musical done by Troma Films? The slasher I musical? One. I don't remember. I own it, and I don't remember it. Yeah, well, anyway. Not Thanks Killing. But that would be good. No, but that would make a great musical. Speaking of which, not really, but I wasn't Lobo going to maybe call into the show? What happened to that? I sent him a message to call in, but this is turning into a, a, a very down a very down block party, but I don't <laughs> – that's what I get for announcing it 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes before we go on the air. But again, if anyone wants to call in, we got 20 minutes left now, 646-378-1868. So next time I should probably announce it like a week in advance so we want people to call in, but – well, they're in the um, chat room, right? Why aren't they just calling in from the chat room? <laughs> I I think that, that well, I think that part of it's like people don't want to they like don't want to be on the air. As weird as that sounds, because we Carol? we live we live on the air. Carol, honey, oh, that's another if thing I want to ask you room, about. You call in. Yes. <laughs> the um, what's interesting to me too, following to pivot back to the paranormal in a sense, is following the evolution of. <laughs> how people gather, how they present information. Um, it's very interesting how, like, when we first got into this, it was like blogs and blog comments. The comment section of blogs was where, like, people fucking exchanged ideas and forums. And all that's out now. And uh, it's like social media and Facebook groups. And it's really interesting to me because you've already done more than I have in this regard, but it's like you're already kind of, especially with the pandemic, it's a it's a whole widespread media change almost. But you're seeing the this, this move to video, this move to like video chat. That's uh, I, I I I haven't been invited on any shows, thank God, yet that uh, want you to do that sort of thing where you're you're on the video chat. Um. But it's an interesting sort of transition. I know you've done – I don't know if you've done video chats, but you've done video monologues and stuff like that. So do you think that's like a, uh, a, the – where this is going next? Uh, video chat? Uh, didn't they – didn't – wasn't Google doing that? I, I did one of those, and then and then they lost it. They stopped doing it. Like a video podcast. They, like, yeah. Yeah. They had a way to do that, and I did like one or two of them, and then – like Google themselves stopped doing it. Like 
and then it became uh, Zoom, right? Except Zoom is now taken over by, or not taken over, but I guess put out by a uh, Chinese corporation that's probably stealing everything from you. So, yeah, I don't know. Who are we going to use if we're going to do video? I don't know. I mean, is right. it really that enticing, like, um, watching people um, stutter and stammer and pick their noses? Well, there's two aspects to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is like I've done Zoom meetings and shit, or Zoom chats, not like a meeting, but Zoom chats and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's that compliment. It's like Twitch. It's kind of moving in a Twitch direction. But but to me, it's like I read an article, and apparently, uh, again, it's like, oh, well, I guess we'll trust the expert on this. But it makes perfect sense when you hear about it. But it's like the idea that it's it's like exhausting uh to participate in this video uh world because you're always on camera. You can't you know, like right now I'm sitting here talking to you. I might get up and walk across the room. Um you know, but it, 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 you're always being watched. And I think that, right. that gets on people's you know, I think it uh, it's unnerving in a sense uh to some people and it's tiring. Because you're always sort of on edge that you're being watched all the time. So I don't know necessarily if people are really going to want to be a part of this video chat world once we can start walking around again and shit. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking probably not. And also, like, I think the great thing about podcasting is you can edit things. So you can go at a leisurely pace and you can cough and you can say, um, ah, ah, um, like, you know, 8,000 times. And if someone wants to edit that crap out, as a host, which I like to do, they can do it. But the, yeah. And also, I think being able to be relaxed like that, you don't have to always be on and, and feeling like you've got to always have some quick answer. Because sometimes, you know, you got to think about something. But how can you right. think when the camera's always on you? So that's a problem. Yeah, not a I'm not a big fan of the, of, the, of the video chatting. Plus, the other part is, like, sometimes – this has happened to me uh this actually happened to me in person but it would it, 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 it's happened to me in video chat too where like sometimes in my mind will somebody will be talking and my mind will wander to something completely unrelated like uh i remember this is uh paul kimball put on a conference up in canada like a couple of years ago and uh micah hanks was putting on a a uh he was doing his presentation and i was thinking about something completely different like I was just my mind wandered to like were. something. Well, no, That's it was a good perfect time for your mind to wander. Actually, Hanks I got to take my hat off. Micah <laughs> Hanks is like one of the best live presenters I've ever seen in my life. He should be he should be on TV hosting like a talk show, uh, like like a Phil Donahue style talk show where like you run around the audience and shit because he he was so engaging. But that was this is the point. Mike this is where the this is where the engaging part. <laughs> blew up on poor Banal because I I was thinking about something stupid like something I had done either the night before or before I even came to Canada and I was wandering to something and I was like oh Banal you're oh you're such an asshole and kind of rolled my eyes and then Mike is like <laughs> he fucking stops the presentation and he's like did I say something in, in a joking way he wasn't mad he was like do you disagree with that Tim and I'm like oh shit and I'm like oh no dude I was just kind of thinking about how I probably might have left the stove on before I left for this other country, like, kind of thing. So it was very, <laughs> I felt really bad. 
But that's like, and you get it in a more intimate fashion on the Zoom meeting where it's like if you're in a Zoom chat and someone's talking and, like, you roll your eyes, all of a sudden you're the asshole. But it's like, oh, no, dude, I was rolling my eyes because my because my neighbor fucking, <laughs> you know, my neighbor won't, won't stop uh, having a fire pit in his backyard and I can smell it right now or whatever, you know. Yeah, you sigh really hard and suddenly you're zoomed in on. That's the yeah. problem with that. It's like whoever is making the, the loudest noise is the one that the camera cuts to. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I've noticed uh, that. Yeah. Oh Christ, with this guy suddenly, <laughs> you're front and center. Yeah, but it's even worse too, because then it's like, what if you're like, oh shit, I forgot I told my aunt I'd help her move tomorrow, <laughs> and the next thing you know, you you've offended someone who's trying to tell you about ancient aliens and shit. It's like no, no, I don't, right. I don't, I, I do not doubt your take on the Anunnaki. I have to fucking move a, I have to move an armoire tomorrow. That's why I'm, that's, that's why I'm irritated. Oh yeah. my god. So what are you gonna do now? You're gonna write this book, and what? You're gonna leave? I wrote the book. You're gonna like a ba- take a like just bail on all this. Uh, I mean, I, I say I am, but that doesn't mean I will. I mean, something will pull me back in. But no, I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I'm doing OurUndoing.com and OurUndoing Radio. So I'm still doing the podcast. I'm still doing a website, yeah. but it's more focused on the quote-unquote spiritual stuff uh, than the paranormal stuff. So, yeah, I think I, think I am. I, I'm going to try to tie it all together, but then leave it all behind, Tim. But I don't know. I mean, probably not. You know, how many times have we heard this story, right? Oh, I'm out. I'm out. And then you're right back in it. So who knows? Yeah. Well, there's always different, interesting angles to take on this if you really want to put the work in. Um, you know, and uh, it's difficult. I don't. I know. I don't either. <laughs> um, but it's, it's it's difficult, I guess. I I mean, I've done pretty well, I guess, since the start of the year doing the weekly show. But to me, it's like, this is tiring, dude. Doing a weekly fucking show is, is uh... Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. You're one of those people who's like, I'm out, I'm out, now you're back. Why did you come back? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Well, I came, I told everybody, we retired the seasonal format for the show because I thought that it was just becoming too constricting. Uh, style of producing shows, which is ironic because it's it was less it was more freestyle than doing a weekly show. But it was like every episode I felt like had to be the very had I had to really fucking every episode had to be like the very best show I could possibly put out. Which I guess I think everybody should have, and I still feel that way. I'm just doing it weekly, but it's like the style I was doing it just wasn't really working for me. And I think that we had built up such an interesting history and rich history that it was kind of like uh, I kind of wanted to sort of end that era of my life in a way. And then uh, I always planned on coming back for holiday shows, and we had you and Jeff on for a holiday show a couple years ago and stuff. And then um, I was pretty content just to do that, but – then this whole thing happened with the pandemic, and I was talking to Tyler, and I was like, let's do a special show. Let's do a show about this fucking pandemic. This was like the beginning of March when 
there was only a thousand. Let this sink in, folks. There was only a thousand cases of coronavirus in America. So it was like that was when the Tom Hanks got coronavirus and the NBA canceled their season, and all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, something bad's about to happen. So let me get Tyler on and talk about this because he's a doctor and he would know about this. And the morning I uh, was planning on talking to Tyler that night, that Friday morning, I was like, this isn't like this is not going to go away. This is this is like a unfolding story. So let me see if Tyler wants to do it like next week too. And then we kind of just decided to do. Uh, I decided, and he very generously agreed to do it, just to do a, a weekly show kind of following the story as it unfolded. And as I joked with Tyler on the show at, towards the end, it was like, I thought this would be over in April. I thought we were going to do like six weeks of a show, and it would be like, well, that was a wild ride, and now thankfully we're back to normal. But, you know, that never happened. And then uh, it got kind of repetitive in a sense because it became just like, okay, here's what's bad. Here people aren't – this is how crazy it is, too. It's like we were talking in April about how people were fighting about whether or not to wear masks. It's like they're still fucking fighting about it. Um, and I, I heard from a lot of people that were like, oh, I'm glad you're back, but I wish you were doing paranormal stuff because I don't listen to the, <laughs> to the coronavirus show. And I, I kind of got – I guess I got the bug again. I got the bug uh, – to do podcasting, and uh, the other part is, like, it's funny, if you look at my output in 2016, um, and that's a great, that's a great segue to what I want to ask you about next, but if you, if you look at my output in 2016, I probably put out, like, five shows, probably did, like, five to seven shows, and I've already done this year, I've already done, like, 15, 14, 15 shows, so, to me, it was, like, 2016 was such a pivotal year, and obviously, in my opinion, things didn't go very well in the end. Um, and and I felt like, looking back on it, I was like, well, I really didn't, I, I felt like I, I didn't participate in anything. So when all this happened with the pandemic, it was like, I want to... I want to document how I'm feeling about this as it happens. I want to, I want to have my voice down on the record uh, as this unfolds. So that was kind of, you know, and then I was like, well, I enjoy doing these shows. I, with this lockdown thing, it's like I can't really fucking go anywhere anyway, so I'm going to be around on Friday night, so let's just do Friday night show. And then I was like, well, let's do, let's go back to the paranormal and start talking to people either I haven't had on the show before who I really want to talk to or old friends who I haven't talked to in a long time. And it's funny, when I was wrapping up the show a few years ago, I said, well, we'll probably be back for, like, Benal 2020, and I'll do a bunch of shows in 2020. And here we are. So, you know, I never, I mean, I, when we wrapped up the show, I never said, like, oh, I'm never going to do this again or anything like that. It was like, everyone stop, stop with this shit like that um, I'm, like, dead or, or like, or like there's never going to be another show. Like, I'm probably going to keep doing this, but in different forms and shit. Now I'm doing, you know, and this, this summer's the summer of strangeness. And in the springtime, it was the, it was the coronavirus crisis episodes and in the in the uh in the holidays it'll be the holiday season 2020 and we will just kind of rotate out different sessions uh of episodes and stuff so that's kind of what i'm how uh how i ended up becoming a part of the podcast world again as convoluted a row that is good man now the segue 
that I wanted to bring up is that this is not the last time you and I are going to talk this year because uh, four months from tonight we'll be, uh, I assume, presuming that you and I are both, uh, you know, alive and in good health and ready to rock and roll, um, we'll be coming at you live in four months for the 2020 Good Parade Election Night Special, uh, which is, uh, you know... That's right. Yep. I've already got we had Giles on the line just now. Yeah. So uh you, me, Giles, the election center champ, we're gonna be together in four months. Um now I know Will there still be a country? Yeah, yes. I guess what are your thoughts on the uh and, and you know, I think everybody listening right now knows how I feel about about uh the current situation. Like we need we need a regime change. So Let's hope there is a regime change. But I guess what are your thoughts on on uh, on what we're going to be talking about in in four months on the Good Parade Election Night special? We'll see. I mean, right, it's funny. I mean, we've never had a presidential candidate who could just keep his mouth shut and slide his way into the presidency the way Biden has the chance to do. So it'll be interesting to see that happen. Uh, it all. I think that will happen unless uh, Trump calls martial law and people fall for it or something. You know, there's so much voter fraud that that we just can't do anything about for some reason. Uh, I, I think we'll be seeing a regime change, but uh, who knows? Will it be real change? Hmm, interesting. Don't know. Here's what I heard, though. Uh, Carol was telling me this. Apparently, Barack Obama is in Biden's ear to have Elizabeth Warren be the, the Veep. Um, and because apparently, like, Kamala Harris is said to be, you know, most people think it would be Kamala Harris or someone. But she doesn't bring any new people to the table, but progressives who otherwise, you know, are lukewarm on Biden would come to the table for uh, for Elizabeth Warren. And then he's been saying he wants to have a, a black, I think, female Supreme Court justice, uh, so that might be Kamala Harris. Um, so that would oh, be interesting wow. to see if that happens. Yeah, I hadn't heard that about the Supreme Court justice part, so um, that would be interesting. Yeah, I thought maybe Kamala Harris for Attorney General, but we'll, uh, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but it'll be interesting. I mean, I like Elizabeth Warren. I, have I told you? You must have heard the story about how I got pants for her, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you've heard about my pants. So I could have gotten pants for the vice president. That would be pretty good if I, you know, if she gets picked for uh, vice president. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I do. Uh, this is a true story. Uh, there have been a few nights, not like out of like despair, but more just like out of like I want to go back and revisit that evening. Uh, and and like I'll go, I've gone back and listened to that Good Parade 2016 election night special. Oh God, and how the, horrifying! Oh God, it it really is. It's worth listening to if you want to. Uh, I hope that we can listen to it again, like in, in January 2021, and have a good laugh. I guess, but it's like if you well, it can is. You, can you put it, together a montage at the beginning, like a like an intro montage? Oh. I'll do that. I'll do a montage at the beginning yeah, of the 2020 election night. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, because the whole evening turned into it started out full of like it was like the it was like the Hillary celebration episode where uh or Hillary celebration in New York or whatever where it was like we were, and I wasn't even a big Hillary fan. I was just like fuck fuck off Trump. So, right. you know, I just remember you and I were like, this this can't happen, this can't happen. And the, by the, I think by the second hour, we were like, oh, shit, this just, this just fucking, uh, you know, this is going to be bad. So, yeah, I don't know where, yeah, and no, I love I Zach Copley. This will be good. Uh, I love Zach Copley, so I don't want to, this is not a slam on him, but like, I don't, I'm seeing all this sh- stuff. Where it's like, oh, Biden's not going to be the nominee. It's like, no, dude, I think Biden is going to be the fucking nominee. So I don't buy uh, this idea that somehow he's going to be like secretly replaced in September or something at the very last minute. It's like part of me thinks that it would be stupid to do so. It's like he's on the right track. It looks like he's oh, going to yeah. win. Absolutely. So let's not upset the apple cart. And yeah, the whole idea be Biden. to me, the whole idea to me, where it's like, oh, he, uh, it's like you said, it's like a, a presidential candidate who is going to get into office without ever really saying. I mean, he's out doing stuff, not a lot of stuff. He's not holding rallies and shit, but he's doing press conferences and shit like that. But it's like, really. He could he should stay under the radar, because uh, yeah. he's winning. So so don't change it, dude. Just don't change. It. Let Trump fucking punch himself out, which is what's happening. I I completely agree. And if you end up with Warren in there, then when he kicks the bucket or goes senile or whatever, then great, we'll have a progressive president. And either way, I can wear my Warren has a plan for that shirt and not feel complete disgrace and discomfort. Just to add some clarification, uh, Copley thinks um, that maybe he might step down after appointing a VP. So uh, he thinks he's going to be the nominee. But I mean, so I guess that's I think that's what's going to happen in a long in the long term. I think whoever I think if Biden wins, he's he's not going to run again. He's going to be a one. His whole fucking modus operandi here is to is to get rid of Trump. So once he accomplishes that goal, God willing, then he'll serve his four years and get out. Maybe step down halfway through. So, you know, you never know. Um, I personally, I see a lot of this shit about how, oh, he's he's kind of like losing, you know, he's, he's, he's got dementia or whatever shit. It's like, dude, he has a stutter. Like he's not. He has a fucking speech. He has a speech impediment. He's not necessarily yeah, as also goofed out. I mean, I admit, yeah, he's a little, like all old folks, no offense to old folks, he's a little slow on the updraw. I mean, fuck, I'm getting there myself. So, But it's like, I don't think he's like, he can raise a glass of water. Let's just put it that way. He can, he can drink out of a glass <laughs> of water. So uh, That's all we need. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, we're uh, about to go off the air for the live audience, so I want to thank all the folks in the chat room. This was a fast episode, a fun episode. I really appreciate all the people who tuned in. Chuck Brewer, Jason Baruti. Baruti, he should have called in. Chuck Brewer. Yeah, we're getting him. Chuck Chuck Brewer Brewer was in the chat, though. Chuck Brewer, Jason Baruti, Jim Vujovic, 
Stephen Strange and uh, Zach Copley, my buddies. So, uh, all in the chat room. Thank you guys for joining in on the uh, on the show, and uh, thank you to all the folks listening live. Uh, we'll have maybe maybe like another five minutes of chat, and then uh, we'll call it a night. So, thank you to everybody who tuned in tonight, and I have a great Fourth of July. There we go. All right. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. You know, I think uh, I don't want to get my hopes up. It's a long. We got four months to the election, so. But I just can't take it anymore. It's fucking exhausting, dude. You know. Well, do you think there's any chance that Trump will actually drop out the way people are saying he might? I've heard that rumor too. So, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'm hearing it a lot more now, so who knows? You I mean, know, does I just he really don't think... think he's not going to jail? This is the thing. That, that to me, is phenomenal. If he, if he thinks he's not going to jail, then it doesn't matter if he runs or not as long as he gets out of office because that means he'll actually leave the office, right? right. Like the whole fear is that he's going to somehow stay there forever magically uh, because he's afraid of being arrested the second he sets foot outside. Exactly. But he's That's not afraid, the, yeah. great. Yeah. Well, maybe they've maybe they'll convince him that he doesn't have to worry about it or some shit. Just lie to him or something like that. I heard that's what they're doing now anyway. That they're telling him that the you know, that he's doing a lot better than he really is. But again, it's like polls I just after twenty sixteen I I won't really believe shit till we see it. And it's like I'm very concerned. I don't know if you follow some of these primaries and shit, but it's like Sometimes it takes like two or three days for them to have all the votes counted, and it's like I don't, you know, I don't want to get into a year two thousand yeah. situation again where we got to wait a week to find out who won, and then everybody's like, oh, no matter what happens, if he the election, and it's all that talk like, oh, what if he refuses to fucking leave? And it's like, I, I think I was, I was saying this to somebody like a week or two ago, and it's like, I guess the, the pandemic has been a, a nice, uh, quote-unquote, distraction. Because it's like, in my mind, I, I said this at the very beginning of the year before all this shit happened. It's like, I just want to, I just, I just want to get to November now. This is like, this is like, it's, it's like going, it's like you feel, it's like you fell a lump and you're going to the doctor. It's like, I just want to get to the fucking doctor and find out what this lump is. I cannot wait any longer. Like, I just need to, we just need to get to November I need to find out how this fucking thing ends because the anxiety of it is <laughs> more stressful than than anything. So that's kind of where my yeah. mind is at. Well, as we, but we see, shall see. He, is, uh, he is doing a speech in front of a large crowd of people not wearing masks. So with any bit of luck, I mean, does any? I'll throw this theory out there: the not the going out in public without the mask thing for him. Uh, is maybe suicidal. Like, maybe he thinks the only way out is through death. I don't know. You know, I don't know why he... He's going to take us all with him. Maybe I wonder if it's something where it's like he didn't... He didn't think of it, or he doesn't... Or because it's recommended to him, that means it's like, fuck you, you're not telling me what to do, that kind of thing. Hmm. Which seems to be a lot of what his supporters feel, too, where it's like, I ain't listening to anybody. It's like, dude, just do it. 
Like no one's trying to, no one's trying to control you. It's not some. It's all this shit where it's like you're a sheep, you're being controlled. It's like just wear a fucking mask. It's not even that complicated. It's just fucking wear a mask, man. Jeez. I don't believe nothing till it directly affects me. Then I'm upset. I mean, yeah, exactly. Are, how do we become a bunch of people who have no <laughs> sense of empathy if they have not directly experienced something? It's not real to them. I don't get that. Now, now we are still uh, we're not live, but we're still recording, so. Just to uh, give you a heads up. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, it's interesting. Somebody just pointed out to me uh, on Twitter that there, there, uh, there are Native Americans. You'll like this. There are Native Americans protesting the speech tonight. And, of course, uh, the MAGA fans who are there are telling them to go back to where you came from. Right. So, right there. Yeah. So this is... This is the country we live in. This is very depressing, man. I don't know why. Just the, just the. Here's what I think, though. I guess uh, people on the other side probably have a different opinion, and they think that that the that, that that we're mean. But it's like I don't know. I just feel like there's way more like fucking anger and vitriol on that side of uh, this this cold civil war. It's like everybody on our side's like, hey, we just want everyone to love each other and not fucking. We want everyone to be free. And have the chance to have the same opportunities as everybody else, and and you know, Fuck you. not what's that? Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. The other side's like, yeah. The other side's just like, fuck you. It's like what? Yeah, exactly. So you're you're a snowflake. It's like, no, dude. I just want people to be free and happy and fucking not feel frightened. <laughs> By, about getting beat up or shot or killed or whatever. Like that's all that's all I'm looking for in this world, man. Not <laughs> you know, I don't want to take away your fucking guns. Like that's it's uh, I don't know what you're I don't know what you're so fucking frightened about, man. Anyway. Yeah. So what is before I let you go, uh we'll get the plugs yeah. in here. What is the uh, our undoing um you know, and I don't mean you and me, because we both know that's like uh, junk food and diet, Dr. Pepper. But what is what is our undoing the vehicle? The vehicle? Well, you're, mm-hmm. Isn't that your site, our undoing, or is it just the yeah. undoing? Or, oh, what is, or is that a technical term? You're, you're calling it a vehicle? I don't know what you uh, got. Well, it's a podcast. It's a it's a podcast. It's I, You blog. You write the there. I don't know. Your hub. The robot. What, what would you call it? Sure. Um, a go-bot. Uh, oh. I don't know. Yeah, vehicle is fine. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's basically trying to unravel all of this stuff to get to silence. Like we're basically saying, this stuff isn't happening to you. This is what you are. Your thoughts are who you are. And the second that you unravel them, there's nothingness, and that nothingness is its own intelligence, and that is truly who you are. So trying to get to that but uh but also applying it to some of these social issues like unraveling like for instance i just did an episode on QAnon, and not that this is the only reason that QAnon appeals to people but i think it is the major reason it appeals to people in the new age community as it does which is that we don't have in this culture a uh, sense of myth and we don't have a sense of right right of passage so 
these types of conspiracy theories provide that, except that you don't have to actually go through the ordeal that you would have to go through the rite of passage. It's all, it, it's all you go directly to the outcome. Uh, because with the rite of passage, you have an ordeal, and then you go through it, uh, and then you come out on the other side, and you have it validated by other people. Uh, well, you yeah. skip directly from the ordeal to the validation. And that's what people love, right? They love being validated and they love being told you're right and we're on to something and we're all in the know and look at us. We've transcended. Um, yeah. So I talk about things like that. I just try to look at different angles on issues like that. Um, but then with the website, it's more closer to home, sort of, um, you know, undoing us, undoing our psyches. And how People can yeah. sign up for this. It's a subscription. How's it work? Well, I was doing that. Now uh, there's a free website, so I mean, you know, it's updated weekly and it's free. And then there's a, you know, if you join, I mean, I've been at this for a couple of years. So if you join, it suddenly opens up into two years worth of material, and you're like, oh my god, oh, okay. this is great. With a message board and with, and there are other things that are exclusive to being a member, um, but you don't have to do that. And the podcast is completely free too. So. And that's at what's the website? What's the URL? www.ourundoing.com. There you go. Well, what do you? You got a few more? You got a little more time to chat or no? Uh, I gotta go feed ducks, but a uh, couple minutes. Well, I was just gonna ask yeah. you, like, what do you? I guess the you kind of hit the nail on the head, I guess, with the QAnon thing. Have you ever seen anything so fucking weird, though? Is that not the weirdest thing? This QAnon thing, I'm so blown away by it because uh, it's like we, like, again, we, we, we're old timers now in this. We've been around for a long time. It's like I've never seen it such a fucking whacked out conspiracy theory like break so mainstream. Like there are fucking like, yeah, there are like a dozen people running for Congress who are fucking straight up QAnon people. And it's like for as popular and and almost mainstream as the UFO thing is. Like, and there have been people that tried. There have been maybe, like, two or three, like Steve Bassett being one of them, who tried to, like, run for Congress uh, as a UFO advocate. But, like, there are, like, a fucking dozen QAnon people. Right. Like, I've never seen anything like this. This is this is such a fucking weird, uh, the way this has captured the imagination of people. It's really kind of fucking frightening. It's frightening, and it's also – I think it is hidden, coded Nazi stuff, too. Uh, like, I think, you know, the oh, yeah, sure. Great Awakening, they use all this terminology, but also, like, one of the writers who was writing about how Trump is a trickster under under the control of, of the trickster and occult forces, but don't worry, that doesn't mean it's bad, necessarily. And then he goes into why that is. Somebody, had, a friend, a former friend, had uh, posted this. And so I went and looked at this guy's blog. I just looked him up. I did a basic Google search and found that prior to Trump being elected, this guy was writing anti-Semitic pro-Hitler stuff. But oh, he was Jesus. burying it. So he would write a, he would write a long-ass article saying, I'm not anti-Semitic, I'm anti-Zionism. But about you know two-thirds of the way down, he starts talking about how Hitler was a, just a misinterpreted artist, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's like... Yeah. You would never read the article. All you would do is read 
the bit about how I'm not anti-Semitic. And, and in that bit about I'm not anti-Semitic, I'm anti-Zionist, he says, you know, and people will call you names. People will start, like he, he starts giving you instructions on how to handle people. And it's all the stuff that you see coming out of QAnon now of like, yeah. you know, no, I'm not, you are, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, I knew you'd say that. I knew you'd call me crazy because you're crazy and you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so or it's, it's like, what about, or crap. it's like, have you done the research? Have you looked into this? Yeah, and have that? you done the All research? Yeah. Do your research. Do your own research. And it's like, and now, like with the New Age people, it's even worse than that, right? Because they've gone from do the research to, well, I just know. I get it downloads during meditation. I get it downloaded to me. So now they don't even credit the, <laughs> the nonsense they've read online. It just comes yeah. to them magically through the third eye in meditation that Donald Trump is a pedo hunter or whatever it is. It's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway, if you go back to the origins of these people, it's like all in this Nazi crap. So when you start seeing things that look like Nazi occult awakening language, it's probably because it's Nazi occult awakening language. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's very troubling. And it's, it's, uh, Ironically, short of the flat Earth movement, I haven't. This is the most excited I've seen a group of crazy people in a while, as far as like a wild theory goes. So it's not, it's not, it's unsettling. It makes the UFO feel look look tame by comparison. But I mean, it is odd that people who are now like stuck in their homes because of a disease are like, you know what? It's time for me to learn the truth and see what's really going on in the world. Let me look up, and then they find QAnon, and they're like, "That's it, that's it." Dude, it's scary. It's like the most I've seen ridiculous thing you could find. I don't know how 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 many friends you have on Facebook uh, that are from like where you, when you grew up and shit, but like it is scary, man. I I, I know like two or three people, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, till you you know that I went to high school with who aren't into this shit, who are. All of a sudden, during this pandemic, yeah, they were like, there's some movie, Don't Out of the Shadows, I think it's called. Oh, uh, yeah, well, Plandemic's one of them, but Out of the Shadows <laughs> is the one that's like a Q recruiting film. And uh, uh-huh. there are people I know who went to fucking, I went to fucking high school with who are, they'll be like, I just watched Out of the Shadows, and this is so fucked up. The fucking, the cabal has to be taken down. We need to do something about this cabal that's running the world. And it's like, oh, fuck, you you went crazy. Like, oh, <laughs> shit, you lost your fucking mind, dude. Oh, no. You know, it's like, wow, this is this is really, and you know what's funny about that Out of the Shadows movie is that there are two, now two documented incidents of people who watch the fucking movie, and then within a week, they go, like, way off the deep end. There have been two people who have been arrested for, like, running around fucking trying. I think one lady tried to storm the White House uh, to talk to the president because she was so uh, – or no, she tried to, like, break into a hospital in New York City. And she said, I, I am the coronavirus, uh, which just went way off the deep end. So, like, people who are, who are having troubles, you know, mental troubles right. or whatever, it's like – it's it's pinging some fucking switch in their head. There's another video. The other story was like a guy who like fucking took his kids in his fucking minivan and was like, I'm being watched by the fucking New World Order. And and like eventually the, the cops had to like run him off the road with his like family in the car. And it was like wow. a week after he watched this fucking movie. It's like, I won't, 
I'm, I'm terrified. I, I don't want to watch this movie. I at least am smart enough to know this is all horseshit, and you're trying to be, they're trying to manipulate you. But when I see people I went to high school with fucking watching these movies, and then hear these stories about people going way off the deep end after seeing it, it's like I don't even want to know what the fuck is in this movie. Because it, it could be, I'm not a big believer in like subliminal shit, but like I said, something's pinging in people. It's, it's, well, it's, and here's it's what I touching want. a nerve. You know, it, it, if there are any QAnon listeners out there left, <laughs> who are listening please to don't me, hurt us. Uh, please don't hurt us. But just think about this, because part of the slogan, one of your favorite slogans is follow the money. Well, what it, follow the money of QAnon. Has anyone done this? Well, you can't because they're anonymous. So why are you yeah. believing anonymous people so with your heart and soul that you'll go crazy and, like, shun your family and argue with people? It's anonymous. It's ridiculous. But if you could follow the money, you'd probably follow it in, right back to the right wing, probably either the Koch brothers or Russia would be my guess. Yeah. Although the, one of the Those Koch are heartbreaking. Have you seen those testimonies from – have you seen those testimonies from people who uh, they're like really deep in this shit, and they're like, "My family won't even talk to me anymore. They fuck ever since I woke up. They fucking they don't want anything to yeah. do with me and shit." And it's like I'm just sad. I feel fucking bad for those people. It's like you've you've gone off the deep end, dude. And your family's fucking given up on you because you fucking you come in and you're ranting about fucking crazy. Crazy satanic child sex cult rings and shit, man. No wonder your family wants nothing to do with you. Like, for anyone, I don't know, it's probably, I don't know if they're going to be listening to this on July 4th, but imagine someone like that showing up at your fucking family barbecue. It's like, yeah, that'll be the last fucking barbecue they get invited to. Because nobody wants to hear about how, oh, oh, yeah. Because the shit they say now is, like, even more insane. Like, I follow some of the accounts that track these, these, uh, track the conspiracy theory, and it's like, I, I, I lose my mind over it. It's like they think that fucking like half these half of their enemies have been replaced by clones. Or it's like that's not even Hillary Clinton. Yeah. She was executed two years ago. That's a Hillary clone. It's like what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, how well, advanced... isn't this the same thing as David Icke? I mean, isn't this like everyone's a reptilian? No yeah, one's I guess. Are. But the whole idea of like. Like I haven't looked at how they. I don't even know if they try to explain how you could fucking like clone. You know, I thought the idea was like if you could clone like you. If I could clone you, dude, it would be like there would be a baby that had your fucking genetic material, and it, that would be the clone. <laughs> right. It's like it's not a fucking photocopy, yeah. dude. It's a 3D so, printer. Yeah, it's madness, dude. It's madness. But anyway, you gotta yeah. go feed the ducks, yeah. and let's I can not, talk all night. So. People- Right. Let's not give these people any any disclosure about aliens, please, government, if you're listening, for Christ's sake. Uh, oh, God. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I, I agree with you, man. It's, it's worrisome. It's worrisome. Because, uh, yeah, I, I do feel like they're going to pivot this to, like, we got we to gotta fight the aliens or the aliens are our gods now or some shit. <laughs> nothing good, nothing good <laughs> can come out of fucking disclosure right now. I don't care what anyone fucking says. The aliens are here to save our children from pedophiles. Great. Right, exactly. Anyway, Suddenly everyone all right, cares brother. About pedophile. <laughs> I haven't cared about pedophiles yeah, yeah. in the beginning of time. Suddenly, suddenly now everyone cares about pedophiles. But anyway, okay, that's another conversation. 
Yeah, that's just yeah, that's <laughs> that's a whole other kettle of fish. Anyway, all right, well, you got to go feed the ducks, brother. I really appreciate it. I meant what I said at the beginning of the show too, man, and uh, I'll reiterate it here. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of people in my long career here in this field, and uh, I've made some really good friends. Uh, but I count you among uh, you know one of the very best friends I, I've had in this field. Uh, you know, you're like I said, you're like a brother to me, man, and. Uh, I appreciate all your support over the years and your friendship and putting up with my shit and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just being there for me, man. I really do appreciate it. So thank you for uh, coming on the show here. And, and uh, what's that? I said same to you, buddy. Yeah, for sure. So we'll be back. I'll be back in a week. Vane and I will be back together four months from tonight to uh, see what happens in the election. And on that note, I'll let you get going, JV. Uh, Thank you. Folks should check out the website and uh, keep me posted when the new book comes out and we'll figure something out. And uh, I'll be happy to come on your show if you want. Um, And I'll make sure people know your book's out. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, everyone, for listening. There you go. Always a professional, this guy. Thanks, brother. Good night. (laughs) Bye-bye. There you go, folks. That was Jeremy Vaney. Uh, we kept him for a while tonight. I could have talked for a long time with him uh, just now because that's, I think, the last 20 minutes uh, of the program is about as close as you'll get to what Vaney and I sound like just on the phone talking about the craziness of all this. So, uh, And like I said, I could have talked to him probably for until Block Talk kicked us off at the end of the hour. Uh because there's lots to talk about with this weird world. Um, but now I must myself uh, bid adieu. So I got nothing planned just now for next week. Uh, I've got the 17th and the 24th booked. Uh, I've got a short list of people that I'd like to talk to. And so it's kind of it's a bit of a challenge sort of fitting in the spots and the slots uh, and not doing, uh, you know, just getting it right, essentially. So I, I have a few people I need to get in touch with. It's tough here with the holiday. Uh, but I should hopefully be back next week, July 10th, with an all-new episode of Banal of America. Uh, and then I know for certain, like I said, we've got uh, the 17th and the 24th booked. And, uh, yeah, we'll just continue onward from there. I think uh, I think you'll like the guests we have for the 17th and the 24th, folks who've uh, never appeared on But All America before. So some fresh conversations with some interesting folks. Uh, yeah, so, you know, stay tuned. But All of America on social media, uh, Tim Benall, Facebook, Benall on Twitter, and, uh, of course, Benall of America. If you're... I feel like I'm, like, preaching to the choir here, but everybody should know. You know, you go to the website uh, Thursday or Friday, you'll find out who's on the show, uh, and you'll get the live link there if you want to listen live. Um, thanks to all the folks who popped up in the chat room. That was quite a quite a party in there tonight. Uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. And uh, on that note, I hope everybody has a fantastic Independence Day. Be safe out there. Uh, I would not recommend going anywhere, honestly. Uh, 
unless you know who you're going to be hanging out with and everything. Uh, I wouldn't go to like a 30-person barbecue right now. If you're going to hang out with like six or seven friends, maybe then. Even then I'd be like concerned if I'm from another part of the country where things are bad. Here, even here I'm concerned, and it's pretty good here. But just be safe, folks. Just be safe. Uh, and, of course, wear a mask, wash your hands. It sounds so ridiculous you have to say this, but you do. Um, wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance. Uh, and that's it. As I say to my family all the time when they go out, no hugging and no kissing. So don't don't be doing any of that shit, and I think you'll be all right. And don't hold the fireworks in your hand. That's my big thing. When I was a kid, my neighbor held a firework in his hand, and it blew up. And luckily, he didn't lose any fingers, and he had to immediately plunge his hand into a kiddie pool. So it's, it's one of those bizarre moments that stuck with me for the rest of my life. So do not hold the fireworks in your hand. Don't even fuck around with the fireworks. Leave that to the professionals and uh, or or your wacky, crazy cousin who, uh, you know, you can trust with that kind of thing. So... Don't, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Don't dabble in fireworks. Don't just decide to start doing fireworks this weekend, because uh, chances are things may go haywire. But with all that said, I hope everybody has a fantastic Independence Day. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week no matter what. We'll find somebody to talk to. Uh, I've got a very long list. So we'll see who's available uh, next week, Friday, July 10th at 9 p.m., same but all channel, same but all time. Until then, have a good weekend, everybody. Good night.